Hey everyone, Snakebite episode number 13. Uh, it's brought to you as usual by digbmx.com. Um, did you guys go download Dig's BMX app yet? We talked about it last time. Um, it could be the best way to spend your day when you're not riding. Uh, you can listen to our podcast, you can check out vids, you can look at articles. So head over to your app store, download the Dig BMX app, and I guarantee it'll be worth it. So cruise on over there, do it. Um, so yeah, today's podcast is with the one and only Aaron Ross. I'm assuming everybody out there knows Aaron. Um, we sat down with him at Empire BMX and ended up kind of doing the podcast a little bit different because you guys had sent in so many questions for him. So we kind of did the podcast a little backwards. Um, we started with questions and then it kind of just rolled in to a, just a conversation. Um, you know, we, one thing I didn't really even know, I mean, we, we covered, uh, things from like Aaron's serious passion about BMX racing. Um, we covered like his early days, uh, you know, him getting on FBM, uh, why he loves fluorescent bikes. I mean, there's so many good stories that he shared and we, we literally answered so many questions. So thank you guys for sending those in. Um, Hopefully you guys like it, so sit back and give it a listen. But all right, what, let, let, let's uh, we're gonna go through the questions for first. So all right, let's do it. Um, there's about a thousand kids on here that are asking about <laughs> a your colored bikes and are you gonna reissue any of these colored bikes? Um, we talk about this a lot. I would love to reissue them. It just uh, you know it's up to seeing what Odyssey and Sunday want to do. And um, I think some are so cool. I've saved so many of them, so I'd love to do some of them again. But then some body, some people are like, that's you can't do them again because that's part of them being. Uh, you know, exclusive or whatever, or yeah. old or whatever. But at the same time, we have been redoing them with with Empire. Yeah, we did the watermelon colored edition. We did the fluorescent yellow one. So we're doing like ten, fifteen frames at a time, just doing all the old colors. I mean, I would ride a fluorescent any color bike every day for the years. I don't care. I love it. I think it's fun. Um, but I, I wish they was like that. I wish it was rims, spokes, the whole deal. I want like that whole thing again. Well, so what made you kind of I mean, it's so weird just even ask these questions, but, you know, people, people want to, what made you, like, attracted towards that bike? Was it, like, you know, late 80s bikes that pulled you into that, or is it I think it was else? just, like, I grew up, watching, I mean, this is, this is everything. There's not one specific thing. It's, like, my dad was always into, like, all right, we'll step back. When I was a kid, we, everyone, you know, you bought a black bike or whatever, and yeah. my dad was always super into the garage and always outside, like, we were always painting things, doing things, working on things, building cars, whatever we are doing. And so he bought a powder coating machine and made an oven, or he bought a powder coating gun, made an oven, and we started painting frames ourselves. So yeah. I paint frames every two weeks. Okay. It's probably one of the first people to, pow- to heat treat a frame. Not you had purposely. a black bike when I met you. Yeah. Well, there was like an era where I got over doing it myself. Yeah. There was like, I did, I painted bikes. I mean, I had pink bikes, yellow bikes, fluorescent yellow bikes, fluorescent pink, I mean, everything in high school. And then when I got to about 16, 17, I just didn't care anymore. So I had like gray bikes and black bikes. Yeah. And, um... 
So I didn't get a bright bike until FBM asked me what color I wanted a bike to be. With a Stairmaster. Yeah, and I was like fluorescent yellow. And po- and, and, uh, and Crandall was instantly like, no way. There's <laughs> no way that we'll ever do that. And he kept asking. I just kept saying, that's what color I want. That's it. Like, that's yeah. what color I want. I don't know what to tell you. So we did gray and then a fluorescent yellow. And that's kind of where it be- began. And I looked at it more of like, like I said, going back to my dad, we always did all these crazy colors. You're going to paint something, make it worth it in my eyes. Like do something different, do something that you don't see. And, um, and so I had, uh, so when they asked me, it was like, yeah, I can pick anything and I'm going to pick black or pick red or blue. Like everyone has these colors. So I just looked at it. I was like, give me a cr- color. No one has, give me a crazy color. And I think it's a mixture of like, I like Saved by the Bell when I was a kid. I grew up on Saved by the Bell and it was crazy in 80s and um, or early 90s, whatever it was. Yeah, early 90s. Early 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like all the crazy. And I just loved it. And I think that like old motocross race gear, old BMX race gear, old BMX racing stuff was so cool. Rad was so cool. Not the movie Rad, but like Rad, Radical Rick was so cool with yeah, all yeah. this crazy gear. And just like, I just liked the, like, I just liked all that. Mm-hmm. And so I think that my bikes, they just kind of like, I want to do these things that like when you look at them, you look at it more of like, I don't want to say like, oh, they're art pieces, but to some people they are. But I looked at it more as just like, that looks so cool. Like when I look at certain people's bike, I'm like, oh, cool. You have a good bike. You have good style in the way you put your bike together. You have good taste in the tires and the, everything you pick, angles and everything. That's yeah. a good looking bike, but there's nothing more to it. It's yeah. just, I'm looking at angles and that's it. Like I wanted to build something that was like, that's a theme. Like you have a theme. Like you look at old, you know, GTs or dinos or Haros. And it's like, I like I was just telling Tom downstairs that like there's I'm not like a you know you like to collect bikes and you yeah. you have all this stuff that you you keep I'm not really like that I think all the bikes that I would want to keep like I would like an eight like an 80s or I don't even know what year it is a, like an old Haro freestyle with all white with the like blue and fluorescent pink stickers yeah but it's not about the bike it's about like what it looks like yeah it's not like because someone wrote it it's because it would look so awesome on a wall yeah because it to me that's an art piece it's like one of a kind and and if you remade me a modern day one, I would like it just as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's easier to say, like, you grew up in a different era to where you are chasing that era or the certain bikes, which I might do. When you become. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I might chase my era of bikes, I, I which, like, I, which I do have an old power light. And I do have old bikes that meant a lot to me. And I have old race bikes. So, yeah, that's, that, that, that's just different, you know. Yeah. No, I always try. And you look at my bike right now and it just looks like I like my bike to kind of look shitty like that right about 1990 <laughs> street bike yeah. feel to where it was just like almost a Mad Max looking yeah, bike. Yeah. yeah. Um, Your bike looks like it's completely ready to do like a pedal grind going fast down a ledge. No, it, yeah, except I have four pegs. But, but yeah, you know, it, 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 that's it, what I'm saying. No, yeah. like your bike's ready to do like a spark, sparks flying, pedal grind. No, yeah, definitely like a Pete Augustine, yeah. yep. old homeless yep. kind of feel to it. That's what it looks it. like. Um, or, or even like a crank arm that's like crank arm feeble where it's all dragging like that's what your bike looks ready to oh do. yeah yeah it should have a bash guard but it doesn't so um let's look at some of these other questions so do you want a bash guard there's a guy that's going on shark tank to go to try and do bash well molar and i are already working on a uh, snake bite there's a guy that i met at a skate park in san francisco and he's going is that on the sh- grind is that the grind bash guard yeah he's on a shark tank it's well he's like remaking it's like you're making a bolt-on bash guard and this is already was made in like 89 90 you know it's like it's not a new thing you just have to size it down for and to be honest with you i don't think sprocket tricks work as well with a smaller sprocket like when you 
You're saying like like sprocket stalls. Yeah, like or I mean, even if you had a bash guard, I feel like when they're bigger, they work better. Mm -hmm. um, like if you were to do a sprocket fakie on a banked rail with a small sprocket, it's almost more like you're just doing a fakie. Yeah, yeah, of course. And now you're you're stuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the bigger ones, you can actually get more of a, a dip on it. It, yeah, it yeah. just feels like that to me. Um, you got. Let's see. Let's see. What do we got here? Um, you know, kids asking about director forks. <laughs> Uh, a lot of kids are asking about your the Empire Chillbro part. Yep. Which, I mean, you you were in a lot of Road Fools, but I feel like Chillbro was like maybe. Did it feel like to you like kind of your first super big part? I mean, um, what part did you have before well, that? Chillbro. It was the the only part I had before that was um, was the uh, the original Empire video. Okay. So Chillbro is kind of like a weird one because that was like a three year or two year pro pro, pro not the. Maybe not Empire Video was two years, a year and a half, but the Electronical, Etnies, and Empire all came out within like a year and a half so or were, a year. You were spread thin. Yeah, so that was just – and so to me, that was just an era in time when like I was just – I don't want to say like I just – I had a lot of stuff to show people because no one had seen any of it. Yeah. And I don't want to say you hadn't seen it because it had never been done. It just no one had seen me do it. We hadn't seen a full thing because I mean because you definitely had a fair amount of coverage from Road Fools. Yeah. And you but know, it wasn't a video part. It no, was like, no. And it was like all those, even in Road Fools, if you look back, I've never been the strongest clip holder in any of like trip videos ever. Like I'm very picky. No, like if you look when at we them, it's like. To, I, just, I remember the trip. I don't remember which Road Fools it was, but the one we went to New York. Yeah, but even then, like it's it's there's not a ton of clips. Like there is, and the ones that I have stood out, but there wasn't like. I think maybe they just stood out a lot because. Like at that time, you were really for for that time you were really pushing like stairs st and street. St yeah, it was a lot stair of st stuff. But yeah. like we'd go to skate parks and I didn't do anything. Yeah. So like I think it was like like you know you go through it and you watch it and like I've gone through and watching. I'm like you know I remember it being this or that. But it's not that there's much stuff. I just that nothing was. I didn't waste the clips that I did film, and yeah. that's how I've always kind of been. Like I don't have the motivation in me to film. Not like clips that I don't. I'm not like that aren't good to me. Yeah, and I, you know, it's like Rob Wise got not in trouble, but you know, Rob Wise got hated. Not, I don't know. He didn't get hated on. Whatever. He's true. He's right. But he's like, I only film bangers. Yeah, and, and he fucking films. Bangers. And he filmed bangers. And I'm not trying to say oh, I only film bangers, but I only film. I, I try to only film things that motivate me to film them. Yeah. Like if I'm getting, I'm like, oh, let's just do this. That doesn't motivate me to do the trick. Like, yeah. I, it's either like I want to do wall rides and like manual around and like. And race the BMX track or go to the trails or let's go in. You know, there, there's like, there's no, I don't have like a middle where I'm like, oh, let's just go out and cruise and like, um, and, and some, people, some people work that way. Yeah, yeah. some people work. And I, I want to ride bikes every day, but, and I want to ride hard every day. It's just, I don't want to go in on a street spot every day. I'll yeah. go and like do wall rides at a, at a, at a which to some people it's, it's crazy, but it's like, I want to ride, I want to ride trails every day. Yeah. And that's like, to some people that's crazy, but I'm like, yeah, that's fun and that's chill yeah going and trying to come up with something new or do something new and especially after years of doing it you kind of need the spot to help you out a lot oh like, yeah you know it's now I mean, it's you about do get to a certain level where i mean spots to me at least i feel like spots are 70 percent of street riding oh and, yeah you for know sure. like i mean a lot of it is it's it's a lot of what i a lot of the stuff i look for is like stairs that are angled in a weird way with a rail there and everything lines up and yeah that's it so i go to a set of stairs and i'm just like 
I get another 360. Like, you know, what am I going to do here that's going to change or not change it? What am I going to do here? Like I've done. And that's something that, you know, I, that's a question that some people asked was like, you don't ride like you used to. And I'm like, well, wait eight years and wait six years. You're not going to ride like you used to. Like, yeah. You don't. It's not, I mean, you look at any rider, like sometimes it's fun to look back and be, or not look back, go back and be like, I'm going to do this today. That's sick. Yeah. But it's like a remembering of when I used to do it. But then it's also just like, I've been there. I've done that. Like, let's do something new. Let's, I want to do something different. And yeah, some people might say and, that I do the same thing. And sometimes but. you're not going to ride like you did back then because some of the stuff you're filming is so spot specific. Exactly. That you're like, well, I can't film this again because this is a unique spot. And yeah. that's just a setup for that. Like, yeah. Well, and it's like some of the stuff I, I don't – like some of the best tricks I've ever done or people would say like some of the best things that I've ever, I've ever done, I've only done once. Yeah. Like I'm not – some people do that stuff repeatedly. They make it better. I just do it and I'm over it. Yeah. Like I do something and like, you know, I'm like – like there's a handful of times I've done like certain tricks and I'm just like did it. Like, like I don't like, – Like maybe like fake, fakey to rails and stuff like no, that? No, because I do fakey rails all the time. Okay. Yeah, like fakey rails are just something I, I think they're easy and I like them and I think it's fun and you can line stuff up that way. But just like I like I up rail 180 whip or – Ice up rail three. It's like I did it. I did it, and it's like I don't need to battle that to do it again. Like it's yeah. just like I've done it, and I don't. I don't know. It's it's a weird. Um, some people are good at stuff every day. Yeah. And, uh, some people just, you know, I just I just do I do it, and I'm over it. I don't want to say I'm over it. I like it's. A, I checked it off my list. Like as like you know, I don't know. Um. Here's here's one from Nuno. He wants to know if you have any funny stories about being confused with. Uh, I mean, I don't know much about football, but a football player named Aaron Ross. Um, so and, yeah, go ahead. So I actually just met actually like we've talked online, we've talked together, and his wife is like an Olympic gold medalist, and she's who did he play for? He did not play anymore, but he played for UT, and then he played for the New York Giants, and then he played for like uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, and then he played for the Browns. But he won two Super Bowls with the Giants, okay. and then he won the national championship for UT. And so we've, since I lived in Austin, like, I guess exactly almost 11 years ago, August, I moved here and he, he was going to school. They won the championship that year and, um, which they would have won it in January. So I, I came in August. Yeah. And so I wasn't in Austin when they won yet, but for the next two years, he continued to go to school. So I'd order pizza. I, we would order anything. And it, my name's Aaron Ross. So it was like, it'd come to the door and people just be like, where is he? And I'm like, I'm, I'm him. Like, you know, I'm not, he's not here. And um, yeah. so anyways, I actually met him like during South by him and I did like a comedy show together with three. There's an Aaron Ross guy from Portland. Oh really? Yeah. Um, really random. Yeah. That's, he's from Portland. He's like a pretty well-known comedian that does a host a show. And he came to Austin and did his show and asked me and Aaron Ross to come. And we sat down and it was like the, who's, who's Aaron Ross. Yeah. And it was, uh, I guess Dean, Dean knew him. Like Dean was like, "Oh my god, I used to listen to him. He go, he does his show at some called Dante's." Oh, one of the Dante's things. Yeah, yeah, that can get weird. Okay. I can... Yeah, he's. A, it, it was. A, it was a bit. It was awesome. He yeah. was hilarious, and it wasn't weird. I was. I'd seen a lot of stuff online. And I even told him I was like, "I've seen a lot of stuff online. I don't even know what to expect." And I talked to the Aaron Ross guy, the football player. And I'm like, "He's like, yeah, I have no idea what's going on." And it ended up being awesome. It was hilarious. I'll send you the link. Okay. It's pretty funny. The guy was super cool, and um, he killed it. He definitely is like had some weird stuff online. So I was like, this could get really weird, and I don't know where it's gonna go and it was rad it was not weird at all i guess he has a really big youtube following huh so I'll, uh, I'll i'll definitely look it up so yeah he so we went over a bunch of stories there and he thought it was really cool because he i have a lot bigger following than he does um 
but I also think like, like he, you know, he was a superstar to us because he's from UT and he killed yeah. it and everything. But I think in the NFL, he was just a, did his job and did a great job. But he wasn't ever like a, and um, and he. So following wise, I had better following the way I always joke it. Like, well, your bank account is probably a lot different than mine. So. Yeah. But he uh, he was really nice, and he had funny stories about getting tagged in things, and you know, and his wife and I get tagged in stuff all the time together. And, um, yeah, just so we had a bunch of – we just talked about it all night. It was pretty cool. And, yeah, he gave me a football jersey from UT that was signed to me. It said signed to Aaron Ross. Or it said, like, the real Aaron Ross or the other Aaron Ross from, <laughs> from Aaron Ross. That was pretty cool. So it was, it was rad. Um, you got any good questions on yours? All right, let's see. Yeah, um, we're running through the questions first. Uh, this one just goes, I remember a sick, nasty pick of Shad riding a full pipe in some Nike Air Jordans or some cool shit. That's it. That was all he said. What? <laughs> That's not an actual question. Yeah, but you said you're the man. You were riding with some J's. I do have a fair amount of J's. Um, let's see. Some guy says he hates, fucking hates your bike in this photo. Does he? Oh, God. Yeah. Here's a pretty easy one. Uh, I mean, and I know they kind of all blend together. Uh, good stories from any of the road fools that you remember. And I know, you know... I mean, when I think back on road fools trips, like they all kind, of, you know, you you kind of get confused on when something happened in a certain trip. Yeah, um, I have one story that stands out. I was, it was, uh, I guess it was the first one. I mean, my first one. Which one? Which number? Fourteen. Was it? Fourteen. Yeah, um, it was. We went to Rhode Island. That was that one. We went to like Rhode Island. Was I on that one? Yeah. Okay. Pretty sure. I don't even remember, but okay. Van Homan was on it. There's been a few. Yeah, okay. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, Van Homan was, was, on was on all of them. Yeah, and I was, I, I was there. Um. Uh. Anyways, we pulled up, and I'm pretty sure it was Rhode Island. Okay. I don't remember why. I think it's because there was like a girl that I. It stands out in my mind being in the middle because it was like. It's one of those situations where, like, when I tell you the story, it'll come back, and you'll realize, like, oh, that's why it stood out in your mind. Okay. Van Homan was like my dude. Yeah. I mean, there was a handful of them, but Van Homan was the dude when I was a kid. Yeah, he yeah. was the dude. And he is the dude. Yeah. Um, so anyways, we pull up in what I'm pretty sure was Rhode Island. We pull up, park the bus. Marco parks the bus. There's like a river running through the middle of wherever we parked or like some little canal or whatever. Yeah. And there's some guy, not a BMXer, just some guy there, maybe some sort of like younger, not homeless, but like drag rat type guy. And he's just talking to everyone like, and he's like. And somehow I think he wants free stuff or, like, clothes or swag, whatever, you know, because we obviously have stickers and whatever. So he's yeah. kind of asking for that. Somehow there becomes a conversation about, like, jumping over the railing into the water. Yeah. And um, you can't really see the bottom. And he's like, I'll do it if you give me this or give me this. And I think I remember being like, I'll give you 20 bucks or whatever. And um, and then it went on for a minute and people were starting to try to get on board with, like, him jumping. Like, which, you know, that sucks. And I don't, it wasn't going to, like, kill him or anything, but yeah. we don't know what's in there. And then Van Hoen steps up. And he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, my God. You're right. Like, I was, like, terrified. And, um, and anyway, I was like, yeah, you're right. You should not jump. You're right. You should, like, totally not do that. And it was one of those moments where I remember trying to be, like, I was so young. And I tried to be, like, not cool, but, like, this will be funny. Do it. Yeah. But inside, I was like, this is probably really sketchy. You should probably not jump. But, like, whatever. Here's 20 bucks. And Van Homan, like, comes over and, like, he's like, you can't do that. He's going to get hurt. Like, and he was, like, serious. And I remember being, like, wanting to curl up in a shell and be like, 
I know that was stupid. I know that was like so stupid. But it was not really about the situation, more about like this guy that I looked up to forever, like had to like put me in my place as like a younger, like 18 year old kid that was like, you know, yeah, don't be stupid. Like, and I was like, you're right. Don't be stupid. Like, um, that's not that good of a story, but it's just funny because it was Van Homan and it was like, it I really, think I do remember. I think I, I can see him. He had like, I mean, which I could, he always has on like a flannel shirt with a, you know, unbuttoned. But yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I uh, road fools. Yeah, that trip. I remember knocking my tooth out. I remember doing a 180 back grind on Crandall's bike at like a 15 stair, 180 onto a 15 stair rail, and like back grinded it. And I haven't done one since that day. I literally have hit my head too much. I I mean, I'll remember the weirdest things, and then somebody will tell me, "Oh, this and this, you were there," and I'm like, "Huh?" I also remember in the van or in the bus. Yeah. Robin Finlan, were you on the one with Robin Finlan? No, I wasn't. I okay, think I started then you were on fifteen. Yeah. Okay, so Robin Finlan was on that one, and they sang they sang "Ain't No Holler Back Girl" the whole Hold trip. On. No, I was on the one with Robin. Okay, and then he wrote the sign out that said "Tits," and they were showing it out the window, and it said yeah. "Tits." Dustin on it. was on that one too, right? Yes. Okay. And um, so he wrote out the sign that just said "Tits," and I remember like I knocked my tooth out, and so. I held the sign for a photo that said tits, and I had like a tooth, so I looked really redneck and like hick. Yeah. And um, took a photo, and I remember getting in a lot of trouble with the photo with the girlfriend that I had, even though like I didn't write the sign. And Robin Finland like was like, take the photo, you look like hick. I'm like, yeah, these are some of the things that. And then you got you just got in trouble. I got in trouble. Yeah. We shot an we shot an FBM ad on that trip too, because. I don't remember who shot the photo, but there was a sign that said, like, text messaging something, and, po- and Crandall changed the sign to say, like, put my name on the sign, and, like, Photoshop me in, and I'm holding my phone, my little flip phone. With a flip phone. <laughs> you didn't have a sidekick? Mm-mm. Uh, okay, a few kids have asked, why have you never visited Portland, Aaron? Oh, man, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. Like, I would almost say that that might be one of the only places in America I've not been to or at least driven through. That's so weird. But you've been to Seattle, right? Yeah, I've flown in, flown in and out of Seattle. Um, I've, that's like, it's pretty crazy. Like, I don't even know if I've been, yeah, I don't know. Have you even been in Oregon? I, ha, I had to have, because I drove to Seattle. So you drove through Portland. So I guess I've driven through it. Yeah. But I've never been to Portland. Like I've And like, I guess you can't count that I've been to Seattle either, but it's like, I've never, like the Northwest is like, not my, like, I've never been. There's, I can't believe, this is like the most questions we've ever gotten. Um, yeah, so many people just want to know, you know, what BMX trend you hate. and so, I mean, those are all stupid, you yeah. know? How not much, not, not hating on you, you kids, but really? there's better things to worry about. Okay, Dixie BMX wants to know. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know. Do you believe in the reptilian conspiracy, and are you working towards unblocking your moon frequency? Um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, how? Okay, here. How did you come up with the idea for? Oh no, this isn't a good question. How did you come up with the idea for orange soda? I literally looked at orange soda and I was like, "Let's make a bike that looks like that." And I think Jim Bauer was like, "I hate you," and then it came out and worked. Funny story about the orange soda. That will lead in from the orange soda. So I've only been told this story mm-hmm. by like Chris or someone in the Odyssey office. So when we first got the Sunday orange soda bike, I didn't, we didn't know how we were going to shoot the ad. And it's in, it's upstairs, it's down there. There's the ad, the, ad, the one with the soda cans yeah, and all yeah. that. 
And I came in the office, and when I get an idea, I'm like so excited. I run into a place, and I'm just like rambling, telling the story. So I ran, I run into, when it was, in, it was already in Austin, I went down into, the, into Odyssey, and I'm like, I have an idea. I know how we're going to shoot the ad. We're going to make these giant, and I'm just rambling like this in the office. They're all sitting down at their desk. Taj is in there. He probably had just got the job at Odyssey, to, you know, right before Fairdale. Yeah. And so I'm just like, I got this idea. We're going to make these giant soda cans. We're going to put them on the ground. They're going to explode, and I'm going to jump over them, and it's going to be crazy. And I think he just looked at me like, you're crazy. Like, you're out of your mind. Yeah. So about two weeks go by. Bauer comes to town because he didn't live here yet. I told Bauer the idea. He loved it, of course, because it's obnoxious and, you know, he gets to build stuff. And, yeah. And we build this. We, he builds the soda cans. We get the soda cans. We build them. And then we take them over to school, shoot the ad, and then Walter photoshopped more of them around because we didn't get to build all of them, but we built two. Yeah. And boom, here's the ad. And like weeks later, Taj, we show him, just because we show the office, and he's like, when you came in, I thought you were absolutely insane. Like, how are you <laughs> going to build giant soda cans and how are you going to make them explode? And we did all of it. There was a water hose at the spot. We like made these cans explode. And, um, yeah, and I just remember hearing the story from, like, behind the scenes. Like, when I walked out, Todd was, like, possibly concerned about me. <laughs> like, That's funny. He was like, how are you going to do all this? And, and then we did it. Made it happen. Um, here's one from Adam Banton. I mean, this one would be probably better for the end of the interview, but we're just trying to smash through all these questions. <laughs> he wants to know what's after BMX. And he says, be honest. And then he goes, NPS, don't leave BMX. Um... Adam Ben, um, what is after BMX? Um, I don't know. I don't know because like, for the last five years, I'm always like, I don't know, another year or two, like, because it's not like I don't have a plan on how long it's gonna go. Yeah. I just like I'm gonna ride bikes until people don't want to let me ride bikes the or way you, I ride bikes, or your body won't let you. Yeah, but even then, like, my body will stop letting me do like hard street stuff sooner than later. Yeah. But I'm just saying like, I'll ride, I want to ride mountain bikes. I want to ride, like I rode road bikes today and I want to ride mountain bikes and I want to, I want to race BMX forever. And I guess I'll, you know, one day get a 22 inch and like ride trails. And, but I don't know the day when, when like the pegs will come off and I like, I'm done with that part, you know, like, yeah. um, I have no idea. Uh, but after BMX, I mean, the, I am a co-owner in a restaurant in Austin, or a food truck in Austin that is turning into a restaurant. Is We're, that the borough? The borough. Like we have a couple trucks and we have a permanent location and we cater, we cater stuff every day and we're in a we're in huge events in Austin and we're. I mean we're doing UT baseball games and UT football games and I mean we do every, and so we're about to open. Sounds our, like you need a truck in Portland. Uh, we dude. The, the, <laughs> that, I mean honestly, we've talked about that. We've talked about like the possibility of all like. Getting it to go everywhere, like franchising out the truck and stuff yeah. like that. So that's all to come. But we had a, you know, we've been having meetings for months about where we're putting these things and brick and mortars. And and it looks like yesterday we had a great meeting. It looks like like I, we drove past that place. And uh, I mean, that is one of the goals, you know, like, um, I don't know. I love BMX so much. It's been my whole life. Like since I was even younger than when I was into BMX. Yeah. Pedaling a bicycle has been my whole life. My dad was riding mountain bikes. We, I grew up riding a motorcycle. It's always been on two wheels. And um, we used to ride mountain bikes on Sundays and, like, go out riding trails. And I was, I was like, seven years old. Yeah. And so bike riding will never go away. I think there will be a day when I don't really care to, like, try and do. Or you're just not pro anymore. Yeah, or even just care to, like, do a bar spin, you know. But, yeah. like, but 
there's no way I'll not ever just not ride bikes. Yeah. I mean, something would have to, you know, like stop me from that. Like, I, I want to race BMX forever. I want to go to the racetrack. I want to. I want to ride trails. Their seventies. Yeah, I want to ride trails. I want to. I want to pedal. I want to manual around the town. Like, I, I just don't know the day that I don't. You know, there's days when I get hurt. You know, when I hurt something, I'm like, man, I don't really care to like grind that ledge anymore. Yeah. But then my foot's better, and as soon as I'm standing at the top of a 12 stair, I'm like, let's, I'm gonna, let's do this. I'm going to th- whip this, and I'm going to do that. Yeah. And then that, like, fires right there. I don't want to say it's a fire to do something so I can keep riding bikes. It's just, like, you can't stop it. The day that I don't do that anymore, it'll be like I stop putting myself in the position to jump downstairs. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like a – it's not that, like, when I stop, it's not like that – it's not like – I have to stop putting myself in position yeah. because if I keep putting myself in position, I'm going to keep doing it because that's just – that's all we know. You know, yeah. like there's been a few times where some people have gotten pretty hurt riding bikes over the last, you know, five, six, seven years. And it like hit me pretty hard and um, like, you know, Aiken got hurt and it was pretty tough like where I was oh, yeah. like, damn, that was gnarly. Like, And I remember being in, at my parents' house. It happened – it was gnarly and I was down there for a few days and so I like I think I was like I didn't ride the whole time I was there and I was like I'm not gonna ride for like maybe a week like I like kind of said that and but when I drove to Corpus I drove down with my street and BMX my race bike and I was like I'm probably not gonna ride for a week you know just try and chill and like yeah. see what happens and see because just this is gnarly and I left my parents house a day later or whatever and I drove straight to the BMX track in San Antonio and like raced for three hours Got in the car and was driving home. I was like, oh, shit, I said I was going to race. Like, you don't realize how much of this is just your life. Like, yeah. you know, it's like you could say you don't want to do something. But I think if you learn how to replace it with right mountain bikes and racing and all these other things that I do love. Like, you know, I say it all the time, like riding trails. Like, I love riding street. And I love the creativity of riding street. And I love the accomplishment of riding, like uh, pulling something. Like, yeah. that's um, You can't fix that. Or you can't find that anywhere else, but you get that almost the same every single time you get to the end of a line at the trails. Oh, it's true. So it's like, I could do this 44 times a day, and like, or I could just eat shit for three hours and then get that once. <laughs> like, you know, it's, yeah. a, it's a big difference, but, but I love that part of it. You can't be, I personally can't be as creative at the trails. Like, I just ride bikes and I jump through and it's fun, but I can't, like, being at street, you get to look at things differently than every other person in the world, which yeah. is cool. So, I don't know. Well, here, let's, let's do a few Oh, more. so I guess my answer oh. to what is after would be, I don't know, work on the restaurant and uh, ride bikes for fun at night. And uh, I don't know, the restaurant, hopefully that works out. If not, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff in Austin. I'll probably do some social media for some people around Austin and stuff. So we'll see. All right. Who knows? Here's here's what a few people are asking. Oh, shoot. Where'd it go? Uh, can you, do you want to talk about your transition from like FBM to Sunday? Yeah. Um... I I got on FBM because of Empire BMX. Uh, they knew Crandall really well. Yeah. I guess maybe he was looking for someone. They just knew like, oh, you want to ride for who? You know, they kind of were like, who do you want to ride for? And I didn't really know, but I grew up watching like all the FBM videos, Albert Street, and all that stuff. And so I was pretty into FBM. I understood that we, well, I did not fit in with FBM at all. Yeah. Um, I knew that from day one, but I thought they were cool. And um, so FBM was kind of going in a new direction, and they they said that they were interested, so we just yeah, started going on trips. Seemed like kind of when you came in, it was like kind of their second yeah. second. Yeah. I mean, it was riders. Tony Hamlin, Cameron Wood, Tony Cardona, and me. No one drank, no one yeah. partied. They just a lot of young dudes that rode BMX that were all partiers that weren't partying. Like yeah. we wanted to go blow shit up, but we didn't. Yeah, you know, we would go camping and blow things up, and we'd hang out with um, all the dudes that. 
did party, but we just didn't. And um, and so going from FBM to something else, it was kind of like I think I didn't really want to leave, but I understood that I had to. Like if I wanted to make this into a, like do this for five and more years. And you were writing for Odyssey at the time too. Yeah, you? I was writing for Odyssey. And it wasn't a transition to Sunday. It was a transition to somewhere else. There yeah. was no, there was, it wasn't going to be, I didn't know it was going to be Sunday. Yeah. It was just like, Crandall started paying me more money because I just, you know, I had to make more money to be able to like go on all the trips. And I was traveling nonstop. I was going on Etnies and FBM and trip. I mean, I was doing stuff every yeah. month. So it's like, I couldn't actually have a job. And so it was kind of tough. And my parents helped out the first year because they were like well if you really want to do this we'll help you out instead of going to college like we were going to help you go to college but if you want to try this we'll help you but we're not going to help you go to college after like you know yeah. and I was like well this is what I want to do let's give it a shot and like see you know and um and it and it, it, it worked out and I got to travel and got to do a lot of stuff like that and um but the transition was Crandall started paying me more money and it was I don't want to say it was hurting FBM it just wasn't possible to do it for years and years yeah and so he was he, it kind of was this mutual day we had a phone call or maybe we met up i don't remember if he was in austin or whatever but it was kind of just super simple i mean you and crandall have always been pretty tight right? yeah we're still tight like he's yeah. like we're so awesome and he, he gets down with like he's very happy with how it all worked out and where it ended up like i think he was just so happy that it didn't backfire to where you guys oh. had animosity with no no other. not with us two okay. i think it was more of he was just happy that it didn't backfire that like i didn't blow it yeah, like I got, I took the opportunity and made it into the. I made it into the most that I could. Like, yeah. I'm still here riding bikes. I'm still involved. I'm still, and I think that made him very proud. Yeah, that he. Okay, I'm gonna. I want to. I want you to move on, but I don't want it to backfire where you're just gonna end up. You could have just stayed here. Yeah, you know, like because we could just stay here, and I and I, I and I left and um. He, we mutually talked or we talked in person. He was just like, I think it's just best for us both. Like we can't physically ever give you more money and we also can't really give you the money we're giving you. Yeah. And, um, it's just, and, and so I moved on and I mean, uh, your frame and stuff sold pretty well. Yeah. Everything sold, sold great. Every, it was great. It was great for them. It was great for us, but I think it was just not, they couldn't go on it for a long time. Yeah. For how, yeah. Yeah. And so I think, um, then what, how did Sunday come about? Did they, did Jim approach you? Or yeah, because it was really Jim. Jim it was Solanti, brand new then, wasn't it? It was brand new. It was probably, and I didn't like the first Sunday frame. Um, I, I, I like old, like old, simple, like yeah. It was, you know, and the first Sunday frame was was not my favorite, and so I was very like, okay, like I don't just know. From your race background, you just want a yeah, just like simple. Like I like trail bikes. I like that simplicity of bikes. And so when I first got, when we first had the conversation. Because we had the conversation maybe six months before this all happened. Because, you know, I'd go in on Odyssey trips with Jim Slunsky. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that'd be cool. Because I think Jim Slunsky's awesome. And I think that Odyssey is awesome. And so I was like, this is cool. But yeah. I don't – that frame is not awesome to me. Yeah. And um, and, it, it, and I get that it, ha- it served its place. It didn't break. And it made Sunday into like – it gave off the impression like, hey, we're not breakable. And like, I get it. It did its yeah. job. Um, but it just wasn't pretty to me, and um, and I. No, it was like a little battle tank. Yeah, it was a one. battle tank. It didn't. Look, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't like like when kids like when Sunday first came out, and still a little nowadays, but especially in the early days, you knew the type of kid that had a Sunday. Yeah, because he was getting yeah. down yeah. on that like, thing. Dude. I'm sure some of the gnarly stuffs ever happened happened on that Sunday. Yeah, like people just like I mean Hoder. What did Hoder? Hoder threw that thing at the at the banks. Brooklyn banks. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. I think he rode the green one. 
Anyways, and so then we were in Odyssey. In I think it was, I think it was the trip when we filmed or shot that. We were shooting for Electronical. Yeah. And we were in California shoot the intro all where we all stood on that bike. Yeah. And I think I think this is the same trip. And I think we went up to the warehouse and they had the new prototypes for the new bikes. And so I saw them and and, and I I was like, okay, this is something we can talk about coming up, you know, if when the time comes. Like this is okay. Yeah. This works. Um, I wasn't in love with all the geometry because I wanted a lower back bottom bracket and like a few different things and a shorter back end. But that was like a good start. And um and so when it came time, I think we just had a talk and yeah, we made it happen. And and that was it. It was just worked out and then it worked out great because I like poppy and exciting and like clean colors and stuff like that. And Sunday was already kind of doing that, yeah. like real clean. Like they had the toothpaste bike before I was there, and that was kind of like I thought that was the coolest color ever. So it just fit my personality, fit my vibe, my image, and it just worked, and that was it. So there was a few other people that like I talked to, but it was just I think my mind was set once I saw that bike and realized that like I can ride that. Let's make this work, kind yeah. of thing. So I think, and and I just loved, I loved everyone at Odyssey. I loved you know I loved the art that gym doing art. I, I just thought we did cool stuff. He did cool stuff, and they were down to do the colors. And there was one I don't remember who it was, but there was one other company I talked to, and they just weren't going to do the colors. And so it was like, well, then I can't like. What what company? I don't remember. I really don't. I don't. I, re- I really don't. I would say I don't remember. And I think they were just like, oh well, we'll talk about the color thing, you know. And I was just like, oh well, I don't know. I want to do the color thing, like, and um, and maybe it would have been different if we would have actually done it. They would have like, and I got a signature frame. I would have been able to pick. Yeah. But um, it didn't. You know, there was one. He talked about. I think uh, J Row talked for Kink. I don't know if he was the one that said anything about colors, but we talked a little yeah. bit and uh. And I, you know, I, I love all those dudes. Like I love Tony Hamlin. So it's like that team is one of my favorite teams yeah. to follow and it's a bunch of good people like Doyle and all the dudes. So, yeah, the so that was, great. that was one of my, um, favorite companies that I like thought about writing for. And, uh, but I just thought, you know, they have their team, they had their crew, they had their thing going on. Um, and I was closer with these guys. So just, so here we are. So the, when I was coming down, I keep, I keep thinking, um, I remember the first time I met you, and it was like, I want to say it was Mega Tour three, three in Houston, in Houston, and I, sw- and I could be wrong, but I swear I was like one of the, I swear I was the first person to film you do something for props. You did a feeble tail with, yeah, on, yeah. On and then flat. Jeff Z shot it, and it was the last page in ride. Yeah, and I was still in high school. Yeah, my dad and I drove up, um, and this- I actually thought I was like, this guy, it's kind of like some. I, was like, I remember filming it, and I'm like. This, this this little redneck kid's kind of like because I remember I think I had Dickies on I had a black you had a black BM shirt on I think I think you had an all black bike I had an all black bike with and a gyro one, and it was a Ryan Corgan frame oh was it yeah Ryan Corgan frame and um and I swear it was just like a month after I Davis Auto had a sequence of doing a feeble tail really I, it was really close and I remember I was like kind of like you know because you know yeah, yeah. Davis Auto it's yeah. like Who's stepping in Davis Auto, especially like, you know, in the early 2000s when it comes to like tech and. Well, I guess he did it on Road Fools. He did that long one at the skate park. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. And uh, back then people wouldn't have, you know, it's like, yeah. So yeah. I, I remember filming it and I was like, holy shit, this yeah. kid. And then I remember 
It t- it took me like a few years to realize you were like the same kid. I did I did two, I did that trick and I did a flip to like bunny hop whip into the landing at the. You did, I and I think that. I owned. That was like the last time I did a backflip for like years, and I think I just learned them. I was like, I did a backflip. I did backflip, land, hop whip into the landing. It was super weird. What what park was that? Like uh, Dirtwood. Dirtwood. That's yep. right. So, we've been talking about the racing stuff a bunch, and I'm sure, you know, if a kid follows you on Instagram, I'm sure he sees that you race, yeah. but, you know, maybe there's some people, you know, you've been talking about all this racing stuff that, you know, some people are like, Aaron's really into racing. I mean, and you're really into racing. Um, I mean, I really, really love to go to the racetrack and take gates and go as fast as I can. How, when I'm did, not into racing. When did you When did you start racing, though? I, ra- I, ra- I, I did all of it when I was 11, 10, 11, yeah. 12 years old. I, I did everything. I, ro- I would go ride the racetrack, go straight home, and ride street. I, yeah. And I had two bikes. Like, I just, that was what I did. That was my – we'd go on trips, and we'd go race nationals. We'd go race the state championship in Austin, and we'd go straight to 9th Street to ride the other bike. Yeah. Like, that was just – and my it was just – that was normal. We'd go to Houston, go ride Dirtwood. Like, it was instant. And um, I – I love, I love racing. I think it's so cool. I think there's no, there's no crazier feeling than like clipped into your bike, bar to bar, eight guys wide in the first turn. Now, when you started racing, was I was clipped in. Clipped, yeah, yeah that was already, that's like just normal to me. That, okay, I yeah. just was trying to put the yeah, time yeah. span it's together. A, it was getting big because there was a couple older guys at the track that were riding flats that would ride flats and they refused to ride clips. Like that was that era, but I yeah. was not. I was young, so like I just went right into clips. And um, so then a couple like eight years ago. I got a bitching Camaro from FBM when I was on FBM, and I put on flats, and I was like, I'll never ride clips again, because I hadn't ridden clips in four years. Yeah. And I hadn't raced in four years, or been to a track, and I was like, oh, I'll, ride to, I'll ride flats forever. I went to the track, and my first gate, I was like, this sucks, I'm going to get clips. Because my feet are all over the place, because the way that I remembered racing... You were pulling and pushing. Yeah, yeah, and I was doing everything, and so it was hard. And so I just was like, I don't ever, I don't, I'll just ride clips. Like, this is great, and I've just ridden clips since, and um, yeah, I've clipped in. So you, do you just go run practices oh. or do you actually – No, so I just run practices. I did race the National like a month ago in Austin. And you, are the, when you're on the gate, are there like – now, like are there dudes that are like, oh, this freestyle dude's up here. Yeah. Gonna... Well, I run a – I pretty much run an all Odyssey street bike with yeah. a race frame with whatever has to be raced because it fits on the bike, V-brakes and clip yeah. pedals and whatnot. But I run a 28-10 gearing, so it's like a hard 45-16. Yeah. Or whatever. I, I think that's even a little harder than that. Yeah, it's hard. It's like almost a, a forty six. I, I have a vintage bike shop that's got a forty six sixteen. Yeah. And my twenty eight nine uh-huh. is like feels like it'd be like two teeth harder than that. Yeah, it's hard. I run a gear that's way too hard. Um, I get made fun of all the time. But my sprocket's this big compared to every forty five you see on the track. Yeah. So people are always just confused. Like I posted a photo of something there, and the guy, someone was like, "How do you how do you spin or how do you ride that on the track?" And I'm like. Well, I guess you don't, you know, you don't understand that they roll out kind of the same, but they, you know, if I put on a 2710, it rolls out to be the same or yeah. whatever. Um, uh, so I ride, my bike's probably the heaviest race bike Which kind of in America. Which doesn't feel like it's a bad thing. No, no, it's fine. Like, I've always said, I will, I want, maybe one of these days I'll get like some new lighter tires or hubs or whatever. And I could, I would, you know, get lighter cranks, like more race cranks. But then when I'm at the track, it's like, I don't care. Like, I don't care. Yeah. But I did sign up, and I did race the national because Austin got their first – or te- Austin got their first national in, like, 20 years or something. Yeah. And it's my local track, so I'm there. If I'm in town, I'm there once or twice a week. Yeah. And um, so I signed up and raced national. I made main, racing expert. 
So I, what, I tw- tw- what twenty nine over twenty nine thirty five or something? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think yeah twenty eight thirty five twenty eight thirty five. And um, so I made made main, and then I just yeah. I, but I was so out of shape. Like I was I was racing a lot and getting ready. Like I was going to the track with the intention to be ready for the national, and then I hurt my ankle. Yeah. So I didn't ride for like two weeks, and then like three days before the national, I like went to the track once and like tried to get in shape. So I just wasn't in shape. Yeah. But I definitely beat people the first turn in my class, like both days. And then it's just I just when we go to the track, I train with like train. This guy that's from Austin's on the, like an Olympic. He's on the Olympic team. Yeah. And he like comes to town What's and trains. Name? Tanner Sebesta. Okay. So T Bone, T Bone, he's like on the six man team to go to Olympics. Yeah. He might he has to make the three man team to go to the Olympics, but he's on the six man team before. Yeah. So he comes and trains. Like, I mean, he's straight up on a like watch the whole thing. And so I just sit and I'm like, we hang out, shoot. The, I've known him since he was eight years old racing. Yeah. So we hang out, talk and talk and talk, and then it's go time. We get in the gate and we go. So I train to the first turn and that's it like yeah. i never take two straights at once i just go as fast as i possibly can to the first turn and i sit down and then i like maybe i'll take the second straight and jump it and then sit down so the first time i'd ever gone around the whole track was in the national ever and i've been going to the track for over a year did what now were all the race dudes did they we, were stoked okay because people were stoked. you know i was like would there be like a dude that's like I'm going to take this dude out. Or So five years ago, four years ago, I raced the national in Dallas. That yeah. was the last time I raced. And then that was the last time I'd raced since I was a kid. Like yeah. I've raced five times in the last 14 years. Yeah. Like, um, and I raced the DeSoto national just one morning. Um, and there was a couple dudes that were like trying to put me over the turn. Okay. And I was not stoked because I just, I'm like, oh, I'm just, I'm, I'm lucky to still be very fast. Yeah. And um, I'm lucky to have that. Like, I've, I mean, I've never stopped riding bikes. I was fast when I was a kid. And so, I guess to me, I'm like, this is so fun. Bike riding is so fun. But I, I guess it's, it is kind of, it's, I get that it sucks when you train and train and train. You go to the track, you're on all these, like, you're, you go to the gym, you do all this stuff. And then you have this dude on a street bike that just rides street. Like, I went to one in the middle of Mega Tour. 10 or something or whatever we i brought my race bike because i knew we'd be oh, in I dallas i remember that yeah and we i split off in the morning and went race national and i like beat dudes the first turn and then left in the middle of the race and like went and rode street so like i think that upset people like this dude's about to beat me and like i came to this national from wherever i came from yeah. you know that and so yes at that time but then now i think the 28 35 year old dudes are just different and they're you know they're they're kind of like this is sick that you know I've, yeah and they're and i think they appreciate that like they know i've ridden bikes my whole life they're yeah. not coming in here and getting you're not getting then they're not that i beat them all you just you're not getting beat by someone who's never ridden a bike yeah you're you know you're you're getting your next someone's next to you that's ridden bikes their whole life and so i think that's they understand that more than a 19 year old to a 21 year old kid where they're just crazy hungry at that yeah and they're just like you're like I work so hard for this and 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 I and I'm not one that like I don't want to beat you I just want to go to the first turn as fast as I can and then I'll let you win like and I don't want to say let you win like those dudes are all in better shape than me and they're all going to make it around the track faster than me no doubt like I just can't physically keep up my first straight to the last straight there's no way so but I am lucky to have a good first straight but it's the only thing I do um let so we were talking a little bit earlier. But I was going to say, but, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I guess going back to your question, what I would do later is I think if I was to start racing, I, like as I get older, yeah. I think I could see myself racing more. Like being able to go to the track twice a week because I won't be traveling as much. I yeah. can stay in constant shape and like be able to travel and race like San Antonio and Dallas and like be able to travel around and race the like 
expert class and like it'd be fun yeah that would be fun because it'd be fun to get back into it that way because i had a blast racing the national it just it's just hard to do when you're gone on bmx trips twice a month and if you're getting hurt and, stuff, and you're getting yeah. hurt and you're beat up so it's hard to stay in shape so every time i go to the track almost i like hadn't ridden for two weeks yeah. on the track so you're just always but there might be a day when i can you know consistently ride the track and it'd be really fun so that's good that i mean that, i think it's, it's dope because i mean a lot of dudes when i was younger a lot of dudes raced and yeah, you know, we crossed yeah. over, but kind of when the clips came in, it kind of killed some of that, that yeah. crossover. So it's it's cool just hearing hearing that. And I do see, I do see it starting to come back. Kids kind of doing both. You yeah, know? there's kids like you'll see stuff online. There's a lot of dudes that ride everything. Like yeah, they, they race and they're like sponsored racers and they like ride freestyle. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I've never raced a day in my life. <coughs> never once. No. Have you ever the, ridden a track? Oh yeah. So here, here's a. Funny race story. There was a uh, Governor's Cup mm-hmm. in Bend, and uh, Ian Monroe and Ryan Schur lived in Bend. They were little racer kids back in the day. And uh, me and some of my freestyle buddies just showed up. We're like, oh, Governor's Cup. You know, it's like two two towns away. We show up. We're like 16. And uh, I was just like, you know, back then, it was like the early 90s, so it was like sometimes there'd be a little animosity mm-hmm. between the race kids and the freestyle kids. So I took Ian's number plate, put it on. I had like Wilkerson Airlines mag. Up front. My bike was so far. It had a bash guard, you know? <laughs> so I put his number plate on my bike, sneak up on the gate, and everybody's just running gates. And this track was kind of known back in the day for being real fast. It, you had your first straight, and then there was like three jumps, and the last one was like a step up. And then it went to like a story downhill to like a really long tabletop. And then a berm. So we used to just sneak on the track and ride the step up to tabletop. Yeah, yeah. So I knew that part of the track really well. So, to me, I was like, I'm racing these dudes. And they're just riding practice. So, we go, and I'm, like, in the middle of this this pack. But I had to start with one foot down because I'd never even been on a gate. <laughs> but there was a really big berm after that. And I tried swooping all these dudes, and my mag flexed out. <laughs> and I took out, like, six <laughs> dudes. And, yeah, they were not happy with me. Like, no. they were not stoked. That's, the only, that's my only race. And then you're like, I'm done. Yeah, no, I just kind of... Sat off to the side, kind of embarrassed, <laughs> and kind of like, oh crap! I just, no, I mean, dudes are so fast, man. Like now, like I go and look, I'm like getting the gate, and I'm just like, you know, I'm going fast, and you get in the gate, and you're just like, these dudes are so fast, like they're unbelievable. It's like it seems so physically impossible that you can be that far in front of me by the first turn. Oh yeah, no, just I, like, I had a insane. buddy growing up that won the world for 15 expert. He yep. rode for Haro Krupe, this kid Tyler Shaw, mm-hmm. um, and we just joke around on the track. Back in the day, be like, let's go, you know, like, and he was, it was, I don't even understand how fast, he was so fast. It's insane. And, yeah, I'm not built for racing. (laughs) Now, I think, some people ask me sometimes, there's a, uh, they're like, what do you think, I think maybe one of the questions was, why did you, why didn't you ever choose to pursue racing more? And I think I was just so into traveling and doing stuff and, you know, I was just, I, that side was so much different. Like, uh, I think if I would have. You had to. You can't get hurt. You can't. You have to be on it. Like I said, it'd be easier to race if I'm not traveling than it would be. Well, traveling. especially if you're growing up. Like once you hit 16, you really start got to hit hit the gym and stuff. Yeah, you, you have to do more, and you have to go to the track. And like we didn't, ha- our track closed. That's why I kind of stopped racing. Is our track closed down? So I just kept riding street. Like there was no more race track. Just started street, and then so when I moved up here, there was track. So I got back into it. Yeah. And um and I just looked at it as something to do, stay in shape, and I. I just love being around BMX. Like yeah. as much as you're a BMX nerd with like bikes, I'm the same way about bike riding. Like yeah. I just love, I love being at all. I love being at all the things and all the tracks and talking to everyone. And 
I don't know, racing's cool because you get to talk to all the kids and, you know, you get them stoked on, like, you're oh, yeah. doing something awesome. Like, keep having fun, and I think that's really cool. So. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm just going to kind of veer away from all the questions. They, cool. kind, of, they kind of were over, nope. overwhelming good. my head. Um, with all the video parts you filmed, you know, like, a lot of the stuff you do is, like, you know, there's so many tech lines out there. What's, like, what's the one line that you kind of really had to go to war with that you're you know, that, that you kind of look back on. The and... longest one that I ever, there was a four and a half hour battle. It started at midnight. Okay. And it was in Arizona and it was for the empire video. And it was the manual up the curve, bunny up the curve manual to double peg the bench to manual to ice pick the bench to, to whip. whip. Okay. It took me four and a half hours and probably two, an hour and a half of that. I was blowing it because I was so tired, had no idea what was going on. Um, Walter and Joel were both running back to Walter shooting the photo. Joel's filming. They're running back and forth to Walter's RV giant bus to charge batteries. Yeah. And they're just swapping them out every five, 10 minutes to do this. And I probably spent an hour of it or more grinding only this much of the bench because I just lost track of what I was doing. And the bench is this long and I would just manual past it, try to ice chink and do a tell whip. Yeah. So I started to watch the footage after like three and a half, four hours, and I was like, oh, geez, if I was to grind the whole bench, I would be able to get my pop. Yeah. And so I started grinding the whole bench. 20 minutes later, I pulled the trick, and it was like 4.30 in the morning. Chase and Danny and Tony and all the dudes are asleep in the bus. Like, it was just us in the, hanging out. Like, and they, they just couldn't... They, 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 they were done. Someone was in the bus awake, though, because they... Someone honked the horn when it's over. So if you listen to it in a clip, you hear the, like, art, the big truck, eight-wheeler yeah. horn honking. But I don't remember who was awake. Someone was awake. Um, but that was the battle. So you, you bring up like Chase and all them. So when you were growing up in Corpus, you grew up in Corpus yeah. Christi, right? Um, when did you kind of meet Chase and like all those guys? Because I mean, I think a lot of people, you know, on the outside looking in, maybe, maybe a lot of people just think you're from Austin mm-hmm. um, and stuff. Like how did you end up meeting Chase or like kind of getting um, pulled up into the Austin scene? So I met... I met Chase when we were like 15, 16. He was already on fit, and he came out to one of the state races at the track, and he was like on his fit, dressed super cool, like not racing. Yeah. But he rode the track, and he was, you know, and then I raced the, I raced the state championship or the state, whatever, the state race, and then we went to 9th Street after and then watched Chase ride 9th Street. It was yeah. pretty amazing. But I guess I'd already seen him like three years before riding 9th Street, clipped in on a specialized fat boy. Clipped in. <laughs> like, he would straight up clipped in. Because he was a gnarly little racer kid, wasn't he? He was, he'll say it himself, he was never very fast, but he was very good at riding bikes, yeah. obviously. Like, he's always been very good at riding bikes. So he wasn't very fast, but he killed it. Yeah. So he would go to 9th Street and then just straight up kill it. He would ride 9th Street and he would just do laps because he was so little and like had all the energy. So he just would straight up do laps around the dudes. And, um, Still, I have photos of him. My dad has photos of him from his, like, 13, like, riding a specialized white white and red specialized fat fat boy clipped in riding Night Street. Like, he bailed. I remember one time he bailed midair, clipped in, unclipped, and, like, ran out of it on the on the ground. Yeah, pretty crazy. I remember. I was like, that's crazy. Um, so I didn't talk to him that day, but I talked to him when we were, like, 15 or 16, maybe. Yeah. It was probably maybe 14, 15. And then, um, and then... Maybe I don't remember when we met. I don't remember when, but I know that like when I was in high school, so I was like seventeen or so. We started filming for the Empire video. Jed Rogers is from Corpus, yeah. And we came down and like saw me ride and was like, "Oh, you gotta, t- you gotta film this guy." So he kind of talked Joel into it. 
And I guess Tina and Tom were like stoked, but they also were like, well, we don't know him. Joel was the same way, like, ah, whatever, I don't know him. But then we started, I started driving up every weekend. So I'd, dr- I'd get out of school and drive straight to Austin and just go filming all weekend. Yeah. And I think after like two weekends, they're like, oh, he's kind of okay to hang out with. And he's pretty good at riding bikes. And, yeah. Um, and uh, so we, I started meeting Chase pretty regularly on the weekends. And I got to know like all, Devin and all the guys that I'd become really good friends with. Um, I don't even know if I knew, I don't think I met Walter until Road Fools or something. Like, oh, really? You didn't know him from like Houston back no, in the day or no. something? Oh, wow. I, I don't think, I, I, unless I'm wrong, I really don't think so. I think it was kind of like a Road Fools thing. I like got to know him around that time. Yeah. Um, so I knew all the guys here. And uh, that, so that's when I got to know Jace. And he came down to Corpus and filmed some stuff. And we filmed for the video. And then that was where it all kind of started was with that video. So I was still in high school. When that video came out, or I guess I just got out of high school, uh, what? <clears throat> but the but the Empire video hadn't come out yet, and I got asked to go on Road Fools because Joel got me on. Yeah, and so then it was kind of all this stuff started happening at once, and I was like just about to graduate, and then I just started traveling. So did what? Did you just move up here just right after that? No, I, I stayed at home for a year, but I I lived up here for like a month straight. Yeah, I had friends from high school that lived up here and were going to school. And so I like – because I didn't just straight up move in with like Devin and all those guys. I think towards the beginning of the year, I stayed with friends from high school that were going to college. And then towards the end of that year, like this last six months, I stayed with like Devin and all their friends that – like Chase and all those guys. I like stayed with them. Yeah. And so I'd just come up and stay for a week. I'd come up and stay for a month. I think I think the most I'd ever stayed was almost a month. Yeah. And I'd go home and I'd come right back the next weekend. So then it was the, – the move was really easy. Um, because it was like I'd already spent the whole year there. Yeah. And I got to where I'd, I'd drive home to fly out. Like, I would drive back to Corvus and then fly from there to wherever I was, like, you know, going on trips. Oh, that's crazy. So then I was, you know, and I think in that year I was traveled to, I mean, I guess in that year I traveled to Germany and, like, filmed for the Etnies video and filmed for, like, I filmed for a lot of stuff um, traveling like that. Yeah. So it was cool. But, and then, yeah. How many video parts do you have now? The first Empire video, the second Empire video, the third one, Etnies, Sunday... Odyssey, I guess six. Six? And you're working <coughs> on the new Etnies video, right? And the Sunday video. Oh, and the Sunday video. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. Oh, I guess the, that last Odyssey video was a video. Oh, yeah, So yeah. I guess that's seven. I didn't know Sunday's doing a video. Yeah, we're doing a video. Um, is that is that news? Are we breaking news right now? No, I think it's out there. Really? I didn't yeah. Okay. Well, I guess we've been filming for like a year, but maybe on the last trip we kind of told people we were filming for it. Well, we, can't, we told the name. What's so called Grow Up? Grow Up? Yeah. Okay. So it's just... Uh, I'm just going to pretend like we just broke that right now. Breaking news. Yeah. So uh, we filmed the intro for it in San Francisco the other day. It's not like... We're not almost done, but we're getting closer. Okay. So I, uh, I had a lot of stuff, but I used some of it for the Odyssey thing. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty excited about all my clips for both videos, the Etnews video and the Sunday video. Yeah. Um, uh, I just... The Sunday one, it, everything I have is like dream tricks or stuff I really wanted to do or just like scary stuff I just need more so it's like I have like a bunch of that stuff out of the way it's like but I just need more stuff are we ever going to see a part from you that might have some trail riding or anything in it um I don't know well you're not allowed to film at any trails so probably not good point point. I I talked about years (laughs) ago I talked about it years ago because I was like riding a bunch of trails I haven't really I've known I have not done a good job riding trails this past year um, I've been, I ride randomly, but I've just been gone so much. The last few years, we just travel so much. 
and then I'm home and I just like we've I've been filming more at home and like you know so just kind of missed out on trail season yeah. like I filmed a bunch at home this winter and um yeah so I mean it'd be cool one day but I don't know I have to ride a lot more trails yeah we'll see um what's uh like when in all the traveling kind of what's the what's your favorite places you've you've been at um maybe fa- maybe favorite and weirdest because they're both there's you know they well, it's be... tough because you know how it is it's like you've had trips where like you didn't go to a cool place but it's your favorite trip you've ever been on yeah so that it's tough people are like what's your favorite place and i'm like well this place was my favorite but it was because who i was with you know yeah like i went to paris for like three weeks once just for fun with my best friend moved there to go to school or go to work so like Devin and I went out there and like hung out with him for three weeks and like Matias showed us around. We just like went and like lived and like that was so much fun because it was like we rode a lot of BMX but we weren't there to ride BMX yeah. and it was just kind of fun. Um, all the road fools were fun. Um, I've had a lot of fun going like Walter and I have traveled all over the world and did a bunch of really cool stuff. Like yeah. Thailand was amazing. It's one of the best props videos. Oh, that Thailand trip. That, it was yeah. one of my favorite props things we ever done. I think that blackout trip we went on for props was like. Uh, it was like a, not a mega tour. It was a blackout trip. Okay, but it was the one where we all sang Afro Man songs. I um, vaguely it was like that. it was it was blackout. It was all the companies blackout distributing. It was like it was one of my favorite trips. And yeah. just we went to a lot of spots that I just really liked, and it just worked out. It was a good trip. Um, yeah, there was a lot of. I mean, a lot of kids a, were asking about the South the South Korea trip. South Korea South Korea trip was fun. It rained a lot, but it was really fun. That was you, a good trip. You had Tom Dugan was funny. Okay, we're, we're here. We'll touch on this. You had a, you had some problems eating on that trip, didn't you? Um, I used to be worse at eating. You were, I mean, now I'm like fine. Are you fine? Yeah, now? yeah. I'll, 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 I don't. I heard you eat. talk about Brussels sprouts earlier, which you know I, I don't even like those things. And you you said that, and it kind of made my head cock over because I remember how you used to be eating. And I yeah, I I, I I definitely I the only thing I don't eat really is I don't really like I don't really like. Like, say, like, ramen or noodles. You don't like noodles? No. I mean, I like spaghetti and stuff, but I don't like, like, soupy noodles. It's just not really... I mean, and I, and that's, some of that's just I don't like the idea of it, so I don't, like, <laughs> I don't try it. Um, I don't like mushrooms. Mush? I don't like mushrooms. Keep, keep it going. I, I don't like... What else? I don't like... Because people say I like I like I like some, like... Guacamole, like to dip chips oh, I in. I hate guacamole. But I don't like if if someone puts a, a guacamole spread on a sandwich, I like it. Ugh. If they put chunks of guacamole on it, like our avocado on it, because it's not guacamole yet, they put chunks of avocado. I think it ruins the sandwich for me, so I just take them off. Um, mushrooms. I mean, when you else? first kind of came on scene, that that was kind of the joke with like I didn't eat the, anything. The stairmaster bike wasn't just like. You just ate pizza and hamburgers? Yeah, like, I just ate what, you know, I ate normal foods. I'd never had anything else. Like, and I, I don't want to, you know, my parents, we just, we ate what we ate, and, like, we didn't just eat McDonald's. That was just what I ate, because we'd go yeah. out and ride the street, we'd grab, we'd grab burgers at Whataburger or whatever. Yeah. My parents made other things. It was just, uh, like, my parents ate Chinese food and, like, Asian food growing up. I just didn't. Like, I would go in there and get, like, chicken nuggets or whatever. So, did you try any, like... Kimchi or anything? When you yeah, like now I just like everything. Like okay. now it's like I like all of it. There's still a couple things that I'm not into. I don't eat a lot of fish at all. I just don't really like fish. Yeah. Um, but I've tried it. I, I used to just not try things. Now I pretty much know what I do and don't like. I think mushrooms is one where I just don't like the idea. Oh, I don't like tofu. Like mush- tofu and mushrooms, I think it's like a texture thing. It just freaks me out. I always feel like mushrooms are like the steak of vegetables. That's so gross. <laughs> That's so gross. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Um, what else you got for me? I don't know. Uh, what else you got, got for me? Let's see. What what else we got here? Maybe 
Maybe we got a couple other questions. I can edit out some of this little small talk in between, too. Okay. Um, let's just see. so we don't I'll sound like we're... What made you get into BMX? That's one. We kind of covered that with your dad. I mean... True. Yeah, I mean... I well, feel... I will say my good friend... I rode a lot of BMX just around the neighborhood. Jumping curves, jumping everything, not knowing well, what well, I was okay, doing. Okay, here... What was, the, what was your first BMX bike like? Well, that's what I was going to say. Okay. Well, my first BMX bike I got when I was maybe 8, 9, 10 or so. And I got a Mongoose Hooligan. And I just did the bash guard one. It didn't have a bash guard. Oh, it would have been way later. Sorry. Hey, so yeah, you got like one of those weird late nineties all chrome bikes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I had a mongoose hooligan, and I got it because my dad's good friend Scott, whose son is racing at the track now. He lives in Austin. Yeah. Um, My dad's good friend Scott, you are. I'm about to drop some knowledge on you. Okay, hit me. We're gonna test. Hit your okay. your knowledge. Well, here we go. We'll, okay, we'll try. Do you? Uh, I think we've probably had this conversation a long time ago because okay. I've only had it with a handful of people, and, and you're probably one. Um, do you remember the Evans brothers? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so my dad was good friends with them growing up. Yeah, from Ch- child prodigy. Yeah, Evan uh, Krakow's it's, arch enemy yeah. when it came to the quarter pipe contest. I don't know. I think they're close to the same age. Okay, I know John so Bristol. It, it was Todd and Eric Evans. Yeah, they had a lake house next to our my parents had lake house. Like they lived out there. Yeah, that's where their mini ramp was and. Um, my family had a lake house and that's, we'd go up there. So when I was little, I, my dad had like showing off freestyle. It was like their video, which yeah. I still have a copy of showing off freestyle. So I got a mongoose hooligan to do cherry pickers yeah. or like bounce on my front wheel. Can you do a cherry picker? No, not at all. Okay. But I got a flatland bike to like stand up on like, you know, stand up. frame stands. Yeah. Stuff. Like, yeah, I was eight, nine. I just, and I jumped curves and I pedal fast and I would just like. I would do like 180s and like push on the tire and like, or, you know, do, I don't even know what it's called. I have no idea what yeah, yeah. Flatland's called. Um, so I, that's what got me into BMX. And then I probably had like a year where I kind of got over it. Um, well, that bike was pretty enormous for you too. It was huge. I didn't get over it, but I didn't know, I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. I just would go outside and skateboard, go outside and ride bikes, go outside and do this, go outside and do that. Like I just did things. There was no direction. So if you, my friend Dean, we were in sixth grade going into the summer, and my friend Dean was like, I'm going to get a BMX bike. And I was like, cool, I have one. Yeah. Perfect. And Dean, if you knew Dean now, and, you know, he, he is the furthest from a BMX, like a great golfer, hasn't touched a BMX bike since maybe eighth grade, no care to ever do it again, one of my good friends. But he was like, I'm getting a BMX bike. And I was like, cool. And I went, he got a BMX bike for his birthday, which is June 26th. That was the day that we like sat down, looked at the magazine, and that was game on. What about what year was that? Two thousand ninety nine. Wow. Just seems like to me that seems you know I'm like I mean, like, however I however old I was in sixth grade going to yeah seventh no that's, grade. that sounds so, about, that so sounds it's like right. ninety nine yeah. two thousand. But I'd already been riding bikes, so like day one of my bike riding with him, I was good. But I wasn't do. I mean, I couldn't do a trick. I couldn't do a one. I didn't know what a one eighty was. I didn't know. But you kind of consider was. that when you started trying to do tricks. And That's stuff. what I knew. I was. I was getting magazines. Like yeah. That day, he had a bunch of magazines. He got a Diamondback. He got a Diamondback Viper or whatever. Yeah. Or something like that. And um. Diamondback and Joker or something. Wasn't it? Wasn't a Joker. What was it? I. Diamondback. I, I mean, they were weird back. So then. he got a Diamondback. I had my bike, and it was just that day. There was more of a. I am following this now. Like, yeah. There was a direction. Like I was just, I was just going outside and like, I'd look at motocross and I'd be like, I'm going to jump this. Like I didn't know what I was doing. And so that day, June 26 was the day that like, that it, like I bought magazines. I tried to find videos. I found 
everything. And it was just, that was it. And, um, and so it started with the, the Evans brothers. That's so, that's so funny. Like Todd, yeah, my dad still sees them all the time. Yeah, my, you know, John Bristol. Yeah. So John, I think, is about the same age as Eric Evans. Mm-hmm. Um, and Eric, you know, for the listeners that don't know, he was like kind of child prodigy. Yeah. Sponsored like, what, eight or nine years yeah, old? Yeah, he was like... He was like eight years old. Yeah. It was crazy. Um, he rode a 16-inch bike and would air vert in Detroit. Yeah, the air is questionable. But, yeah, he was eight but years no, old. But, he was eight. but uh, the kids, because he'd be like, you know, sometimes they'd have to lump some kids together because that, that age bracket would be. So, yeah. yeah. And I know, I think he made, I, I don't know, I know John competed against him a couple times. And John had ridden since he was really young, too. Mm-hmm. And Eric could always do more tricks than John, but John could Take go that. higher. And John will still be the stay big. Fucking Eric Evans doing tricks at coping, beating me. <laughs> I know the video that I had, he could air. Oh, I'm but sure he, But he, he might have been 11 or 12 yeah. then or whatever. But I mean, he rode into his teens, didn't he? I don't know. He he later, I grew up wakeboarding with him. Yeah. So he wakeboarded a lot. And we I was already riding BMX, but he was wakeboarding. What is, what is he, just a little older than me, maybe? I have no idea. He's got to be in his early 40s. But he was very good at wakeboarding, like super good at wakeboarding. Yeah. And he was like maybe sponsored wakeboarder for a little while, like but in Corpus. What's he do, what's he do now? Um, I'm not sure what he does, but he, I think friends with him on Facebook. He just like he comes out. He's still he's one of those people. He's like just good at everything. Yeah, like he's good at like he could get on a bike right now and do a hands like he can just jump on the handlebars. Like they say, oh, he like, can still do bar rides. Oh, he can still do bar rides. Like he can get on any bike you give him. He'll jump on the bars and do a bar ride. I mean that's impressive. It's pretty crazy. My yeah. dad says like he, he he I think the last time my dad talked to me he said like oh yeah I can still do bar rides I bar ride in front of the kids like bar, I've only done a couple bar rides like he just and he just jumps like he just yeah I'm not that limber anymore and I don't think that he has because in some of those videos he had the brake clevers up so you kind of would yeah, do and that. on those early bar rides some people would do it but it, it, he could do it both ways yeah but anyways he would just and then he would move his legs like that was in that video showing off freestyle he told you how to do a bar ride and he would be like yeah if you start to slow down do this and he'll speed you, you up and like up. everything and uh so that was kind of where it started like i watched that video got excited and then um and then got a magazine i think like you know ryan nyquist and dave mirror and all those guys were like i was just like i was just gonna be like them and then as i got older i didn't really want to be like them anymore and um, I wanted to be like them, but I didn't want to do what they did because, yeah. you know, I couldn't. And, um, yeah, so that was how it started. Um, uh, we were talking about this earlier. I mean, it, in a weird way, I mean, the Austin scene's been so big. I mean, it's been a big scene since, you know, the homeless days, the mm-hmm. early 90s. Um, and Austin's kind of been going through a, a lot of growth lately. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of, I mean, if you're thinking about, like, generations of, you know, pros in Austin, you guys are probably like fourth or fifth, like yeah. your guys' age now. With like this big, you know, insurgent of people and everything, how has kind of the scene changed since like 10 years ago? Um, well, I mean, I've only been here for 10 years. Yeah. So when I got here, I think it didn't, ch- I don't think it's changed much. There's a lot more skate parks. There's a lot more people, but I don't think it's changed much. I think just the people who are the... The majority of the people who are now the focus point of it yeah. have changed. Okay. So that's it. Like, I don't think much has changed. I just think that, like... You know, I mean, you... I think what I'm trying to get at is, like... Because Austin's always been kind of like that BMX fantasy city. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, people from the outside looking at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And I know sometimes if you live here, it's it's different. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Your, your perception of it. But, um, you know, just with things getting more expensive No, and I stuff. think people still think of it that way. Maybe not staying, like, moving and getting houses for so long. But at the same time... 
there was just a group of dudes here for twelve day or for two weeks. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, we all just bought tickets and we're just splitting everything because it's so cheap. And I was like, oh, okay. Where like, are they from? That's... From England. I guess it could but be. I, but I guess if you have 12 guys or 10 guys, it is cheap. Like, yeah. you know, if you're doing it that way, which I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, I think that, like, there's people that still find houses for cheap. It's just you can't live in a house by yourself. You have to shit, you know, you're with people. So it's yeah. like, um, I think the scene is just, I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy. Like, the skate, like, you can. Always find someone to ride with at the skate park. Yeah. Every day. Like, no matter what, every day there's someone to ride with at the skate park. And that is, to me, that's a huge sign that there's a lot of people who ride bikes. Yeah. Like, the fact that you can go to any skate park and almost find a BMX rider, like, that's pretty crazy. How many parks does Austin have now? I don't know. There's, there's at least... I mean, within an hour, I would say there's at least six. Ooh, we got you beat. Yeah, but you guys have, like, parks that no one wants to ride because they're so gnarly. That's the best one. <laughs> we got like twenty within an we have hour. Like plazas everywhere. We got twenty within an hour. Yeah, we might have more, but I mean, <laughs> no, no. I, I just, I'm trying not to. I'm, not, I'm trying not to be wrong, but there's like, I mean, there's at least eight. Yeah, at least, and maybe within an hour and a half, there's maybe 10, 15. There's a lot of parks. Yeah, there's definitely a lot more than there's a lot of parks back I mean, in the day, yeah. but. But some of them are like weird, and they're like little nooks and like city, which is great. Like you yeah, know, I think just that's like perfect. little neighborhood. And yeah, we yeah. have that too, like yeah. just little neighborhood spots. They call them just spots sometimes. Yeah, I think that that that's perfect. They just need to put them there, let kids learn in their neighborhood before they get to the big park where. Oh yeah, no, I, so, I think that's great. Um, but I I think changing wise, like, I mean, I look at like you know Joe Rich or something, or you know some of those guys I grew up with, like Taj and all those people. They're still around. Like Sandy, you know, I think that Sandy's still around. They don't maybe ride every day, or they're not here. Like Taj obviously has moved away, but I'm just saying, like, in some ways, the people I grew up looking up to that like were the scene, you still see them. Yeah. So it's like to me, the scene's like the same, but I understand that they're not riding and like you know not all the time. Like Joe still rides all the time, but Sandy does a lot more photos and does a lot of road more road biking and whatnot, and um. And I think that's just. Uh, do, you th- do you think the T1 ramp being gone is going to affect the scene much? I have no idea. Yeah, I know. I mean, a lot of those guys that ride the T1 ramp also ride trails, and so I think that, like, you know, maybe the trails just get bigger and better. I think that, but there's so many skate parks that I would think that it wouldn't affect the scene too much. But at the same time, I have a different view of it because I don't. I'm not that guy that rides that. Yeah. But I'm not trying to put down that that was a big deal. Yeah, like that was a huge deal. So, but that ramp is now split up between two different places, and it's going to get rebuilt. It's going to be yeah, re- there's going to be some dope stuff. There's going to be some out. cool stuff that came out of it. It might not just be as accessible. It might not be in the middle of the city, but it's still going to be. There's still going to be a scene that's going to get a ride then. Yeah. So you know, it's hard to say what's going to happen to it. So, um, what is your favorite story of of meeting me or me? Not I mean, meeting me, but just like a road full story. Or, or favorite thing that you've ever heard anyone say, good or bad? Um, I did want to talk. I did want to touch. I mean, we touched on me the first time I filmed you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you ask me that, the funny thing that you know what always pops in my head, and for some reason, and I think it's just because I'm so easy to please with tricks. I remember we were riding. Maybe it was scrap before scrap was gone. Uh, road Chicago, or was it a mega tour? I think it may have been a rock and road. Fools. Oh, it was a rock and road fools. Yeah, that's because um, we went to that. We went to that one guy's backyard ramp. Yeah, we went to no. That was that was a that was road fools. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That was the one where but, I got sick because I jumped in the water at the pond. 
Remember my eyes were yeah, yeah. burning for a few days because I chased, took all my money playing, yep, I playing dice the night before. Um, I mean, I don't like literally all those trips. Just they're all blended. They, but I, for some reason, I remember you doing like double tail the tail taps or something yep. that night. And for some reason, like I was just like, oh my god, what did I do that on what? I do remember that. I remember it was that like a road. six foot mini. Yeah, but I on that same trip though, I did a double whip on a sixteen inch bike. I did it on the little DK. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, because I, I think Catfish just brought one. No, you did. So that's exactly what happened. You did the double tail up on the sixteen inch, messing around, and then you did. You start trying them on your bike, and then you just did double tail up to tail tap. And for some reason, I always think of. And you know, it's, you remember the weirdest things, yeah. but for some reason I always just remember that double tail up to tail tap. And I'm like, yeah, I just. I just remember that for some reason. It's so weird. I don't even remember. I remember that night, but I don't remember that. You know, you can usually remember the like see the trick or remember it. I can't remember doing it, but I remember the sixteen inch, and, and I remember doing it on my you, bike. You had you were still on FBM then, right? Yeah. You had the green one. Yep. I, I for some reason that's what I remember. That's funny. It. I mean, you go on some of those trips, like. Well, they're all this. I mean, they all blend in after all. That you time. just like get out of the bus and you're like, hey, yeah. I'm somewhere. Um, one of the questions was one of the like what what are your in all the things that I've accomplished in BMX what are some of your favorite accomplishments yeah and I guess one of them would be all the road fools um, talking about road fools because I grew up watching all the road fools yeah so to be one of the guys that got to go on so many even though today like kids probably have no idea what road fools is oh they were such a, it was like a, the biggest deal I mean it was the biggest deal and um, so me growing up watching them and then to get invited on one and I think. You know, being 18 years old, it was hard to grasp what just what was happening. Like, I was just going. Like, I was yeah. like, I'm going road bulls. I'm just going. I'm just going. I'm just going. I'm going on all these trips. And, like, I think it took me to about 24, 23 to grasp, like, what has happened. Yeah. You know, it, not that it went by fast and not that I didn't appreciate it. I appreciate it at all. It was just harder to grasp. You have no, I have no idea. I'm just doing it. It's, it's weird because, like, with the road fools, it captured that time in BMX really well oh perfectly it captured everything so I mean it was like captured BMX perfectly right up until the internet just killed videos yeah um and it was just like you go on the trip and I mean the, I always just felt like it was like you're just meeting up like almost like because a lot of times the same dudes would be on the trip and then there'd be new dudes but it was like well, meet, but you it was like knew meet, of each other because of like but it was like meeting up it was like a family reunion like yeah. you could see all your cousins or something you yeah. know and you were just so excited like that first day and you know everybody would be kind of like talking about spots and but I mean Marco and Chris and those guys and Stu I mean everybody did such a good job like yeah I mean it was it was just so sur- like you know you that big black truck and you're just like this it was so cool you don't get to oh, do yeah. stuff like that all the time so it was like that was just cool and I remember looking up to like Van and he'd been on so many and so I think now when it was all over with counting road rock and road fools, it was like I went on like six of them. Yeah, and it was like people were like oh he you know Van had been on the most, and then all of a sudden it was like well you'd been on the same number, and I was like wait what? Yeah, or I think he'd been on more, but maybe whatever. It was like, but I was like, and that was a pretty cool accomplishment because I was always like amazed that he'd go on so many, not because he didn't deserve it, because yeah. I just was he. They always would be like back. You know, people would make they'd make comments about it in their interviews about Van. Like, oh yeah, he'd be an old. He's like the OG. Yeah, and so I would be like, it's crazy. Now, then, when it was done, it was like I went on so many of them 
But that was just surreal to be like, wow, I went on all these trips that I... What was the favorite Road Fools you went on? Uh, I probably was 14. Like, I did some stuff that I, like, you know... I did a bunch of things that... That trip was just really good. Like, yeah. I did a bunch of stuff that kicked off what I was going to do. Like, I did that manual, the three off the five stair, and things that, like, just stood out to people that I just... And I just didn't meet. Yeah. Like, I didn't... I'd been doing this stuff. I just didn't the know. manual. You said the manual to three, three off. Like, I bought it off the it, five stair. The like, one in New York, yeah, right? Yeah, New York. Yeah. Just a lot of stuff on that trip I just did because I didn't know any... Different. That day in New York was fun. I did a lot. That, yeah. that was a good day. Everyone did a lot. Of stuff. Yeah, that day was good. Yeah. But that was a cool accomplishment. And then I think winning Nora Cup was obviously a big one. But it oh, was yeah. like it, it felt so much better because it came right when I did all three all three video parts dropped. Yeah. So it was kind of like I don't want to say like you did all this hard work, but and you, you went definitely on all these felt. Trips. I mean, you you got the thing, but you, you felt like you've been putting in work. For I a felt while. like I, you know, I hadn't been home all year and I traveled and I, I did all this stuff and I had done all, you know, it's, yeah, it made sense. Like, you know, I didn't want to say I deserved it, but I definitely nice worked. Time. I definitely worked. I definitely went out and like, I don't want to say I worked for it. I definitely went out and rode bikes every day yeah. and like through injuries and whatever, and just made all that stuff happen. So it was, that was a, and now actually I th- also think that like that Nora cup means more now because of what who it followed like it followed my two favorite riders like it followed van homan won five and then like uh cor martinez won four or five and then i won one and then garrett's won six yeah so i and i and it was like i had this moment of like i had a, I it was you know i had a moment where it was i, I, I did my thing and then it was time for garrett to take you over de- forever i mean and we were talking about it earlier it definitely seems like you kind of came in you were like great at that transition like van and stuff when you think of Van or Corey, you still think of them more video parts. Yeah, yeah. Garrett, I mean, he always has video parts, but he's kind of in that. Well, he was doing so many contests. So you saw a bunch of him. Yeah. He was winning, like, make, make, but you, Metro Jams. He was doing all this other stuff. You definitely stuff. felt like that pro that was, like, right in between, especially, like, we were talking about social media earlier. Yeah. Like, you were one of the first dudes to embrace, like, all the social media stuff. But you kind of were right there in the middle of video parts to... You know, yeah. Like we were talking. I mean, BMX is presented so much different now than when yeah, we grew up sure. looking at it. Like you'd have to go see a magazine, or you'd see kids on the street. And like when I got into BMX, you really had to search it out, and it was a subculture you had to really learn about. Yep. And you just couldn't step into it and be like, "I know all this stuff, this and this." You really had to yeah, put in work. Followed and and I mean. And it's not even like hating on any young kids yeah, or anything. Yeah. But nowadays, you know, they just look at it and you get so much information just through your phone and people think they know so much. Even people who don't ride bikes yeah. will think they know so much about it because yeah. it's just in their face. Um, I really don't know where I'm going with this, but, you know, what, no, what do you I, think about, like, all that stuff? Well, I think social media, it's like, I think it's great because it's great for people to latch on to people they want to know. But I think it's also tough because it makes people who are in the the BMX side of it, like feel like they need to be someone or be something or like have a certain like personality. They almost have to be a reality TV yeah, star. And, like, and I think that's tough on some people because they like, they're like, I've only ever been me. Yeah. And I'm not an actor. I just ride bikes. So it's like, well, in order to not everyone, but like some people you need to have personality. You need to, to sell something like, and, you, and I think that's something that people forget sometimes is like at the end of the day, bike company sell to sell stuff. Yeah. So if you're not selling the product, you're not it is. A, I mean, when you're pro, it is a job. It's a job, and like, and your job is to sell product. Like, it's not just to put out clips. Like, you can put out all the best clips in the world. If you don't sell anything, you don't sell anything. I mean, there's plenty of people that 
you could name off that that's an issue. Like, yeah. they have done stuff that no one's ever done, but they're not sponsored by anyone. They're not selling it. They're not doing anything. And, like, that doesn't help anybody. Or yeah. they're just not cool or people don't like them, so it doesn't sell anything. Yeah. And then there's the few people that maybe they don't sell anything, but they're just so cool that it's okay. Yeah. And they get it, you know, and I, I think I just I just – I just tried to do what I like to do and I tried to have fun doing it and it worked out. You know, it could have easily went the other way. It could have easily just not worked and I could have just... I mean, there's a lot of dudes at your age that, you know, are kind of maybe stepping back from the pro spotlight and some of them might even look at it and I feel like they're stepping back. It's not because they're not riding at a high level. It's because they just don't want to deal with some of the social media. They don't want to deal with that side of it. Yeah, 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 for sure. There's dudes, I mean, I'm not going to throw names out, but I know plenty of dudes you know that you're like oh this dude's awesome he yeah. still rides at a very high level you know still should be relevant but they just nowadays you have to use social media i think to be a pro bike rider yeah yeah you i know? mean that's i mean that's that's everything like they that's every every sport I yeah mean, that's how you sell stuff they look at everything so i think and then there's some people that are great at it you know, yeah. there's some people that are just great at doing both and they understand that like, Hey, I, this might suck, but this is part of it. This is part of, this is your job. Like if you don't post anything for a month. Yeah. How I mean, that's, it? that's what happens with, I mean, I fucking love magazines, but it, it's hard with, you know, no everything's ma- immediate. Like it's like, you could look at, you could yeah. look at something today. But and another thing we were just, when we were talking over lunch and I mean, I don't know how this is going to go, but I mean, so much of this. Media, you know, stuff being on Snapchat or even stuff being on Instagram. I mean, I guess Instagram should be there forever, but you would have thought MySpace would have been there forever too. That's true. But so many people have so much of their footage just on their Instagram instead of doing video parts. Well, we, we got to think that when those when those Instagram accounts die, well, there's one day they're going to have to die. What what what? what How is BMX going to be perceived 10, 15 years from now when we look back on this generation? But maybe there's not much documentation of it because maybe Instagram doesn't exist. I mean, I don't know yeah. how it's going to go. Maybe everything no, I agree. gets pulled online somehow where you can just type in dude's name and look at all his clips. But well, it's also it's, just it's we come from when like I want like, we can watch anything we grew up watching. Yeah, because I have it. On yeah, a, you have on, it on you a DVD or a VHS or whatever. And um, now, I, I if I. I I couldn't find something in my friend's Instagram feed if it was three years ago. Yeah. Like, it'd be hard. I could find it, but it'd be, it'd be annoying. Oh, yeah. It'd be, yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't... You, I didn't ever think about that when you said that. I was like, that does... I mean, it's definitely weird. And it feels like there's, there's, there's people that are coming up that you're like, oh, this kid's, you know, super... And there's, this is not like... It's just us trying to think about how... BMX media is different yeah. nowadays. This isn't trying to hate on, like, I'm not trying to bring, like... No, no. You know, it's just ju- different. It's not yeah. a bad thing. But it's just different. It's harder for us because we grew up watching... Back back videos. then, you knew definitely who was the number... You're like, this is the five baddest-ass bike riders. Yeah. You know, they're superstars. Nowadays, it's you're like, this guy might be, feel like a superstar, but he's not the most badass rider. This dude's the most... He's so badass, but... Well, do you think it changes anything with people like back in the day, there was probably people that were pretty good, but no one ever saw. Oh yeah. And now you see them all. Yeah. I mean, now it's definitely easier. Like me had grown up in the country. If I had this, 
you know, I could have kept track of stuff going on and I could have posted more and more what my friends were doing, you know, to where people probably all over the country would have known us. But back then you had to like make a full length video. Yeah. Somehow get people to order it from you, <laughs> you know, and now it's just like, you know, some kid can, I mean, is it going to be a point here in a while where you can maybe be pro and you don't even have to leave your town? Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, I mean, that's, there's, yeah, there's people that make livings off of not leaving yeah. home and they make web, YouTube videos and they, they, you know, that's just normal. Yeah, it's just, it, it's, it's just crazy. It's crazy how fast things have changed and I don't think even the people that are doing YouTube and stuff, you know, like even guys that are very successful at it, I mean, everything's changing so fast to where the dudes that are on top of it, is it going to change so fast to where all of a sudden no one's going to have a grasp on it? Yeah. I mean, I feel like everything's changing so fast that, you know, even the people that are on top of the game might not be able to have a grasp on it in yeah. five years. Like, it's just going to be a free-for-all. Yeah. Well, it also just makes it so hard because there's so many people that are so good now that, like, every company, it's, it's probably insanely hard to sponsor someone. Oh, yeah. Because you're like, you have access to everyone and you don't know any of them. So yeah. which one do you pick? <coughs> like, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. It's definitely weird. It's not, it's not weird. I'm, I don't think, I don't know if it's bad, but it's definitely weird. I don't think it's bad, but I never thought about the point of, like, you, we may never be able to see some of the footage in, like, in 10 years. Like, what is it going to look like? Yeah. I never even thought about that. I just, and, you know, Instagram could be around, but I just look at some of the social media platforms. But even, yeah, even if it is, use, like you said, MySpace is not, it's And not. You, when that was around, you were like, this is, this is it. Yeah. You know, I got my top four, man. You're good. I got my top even, four. Even Facebook's not as relevant as No, it was, I mean, so. yeah, Facebook's just, like, that's for old people. Yeah. So though. it's like, anything that's on Facebook is gone. Yeah. I mean, not gone, but at least you're not going to go find it. Yeah, it's just, it, it's crazy. Yeah. So, um, you want to answer, dig through and see if there's a couple of more questions right, let's we do got, it. and then we maybe wrap her up. Let's do it. Um, have you gotten a personal apology from Adam LZ yet? You get a, have you, do you want to talk about the Adam LZ thing? <laughs> I don't, I mean, we can talk about it. That's the majority of the questions. There's so many Adam LZ. There's a bunch of Adam LZ questions about when will I ever apologize to him. And See, I didn't even know anything about that before I read this. I mean, I probably needed well, to be Well, I, I will say that probably the first four years or so of people asking me, will you apologize? I, I still to this day have never seen the video. So When I came here, one of the kids was in my shop and was like, are you going to ask Aaron why he hates Adam LZ? And I was like... <laughs> I, was like, I definitely don't hate him. I, was the, I like met him, and I, I only met him once. I think maybe twice now. I met him at, at Texas Toast, and I met him at again, or I saw him again at Interbike. Yeah, I definitely don't hate him. I don't really hate anybody. Um, I the whole thing where he cried or whatever about the handlebars. Yeah, yeah. And I need to apologize to him. One, so, so I mean, the, the long story short, because there's going to be some older dudes that have never watched an Adam LZ video. Yeah. Uh, Adam made a video a long time ago. He broke a pair of your bars, which every pair of handlebars can break. Nope. And then he started, like, fake crying. Like, I think it was fake crying. Yeah, we've been real. Honestly, we've never watched the video. So, I've, no, Adam, no. you know. We're, I've seen, like, little clips of it. Yeah. Because it'll get, like, sent to me in little clips. I've never watched it. Um, but and, I've, and I've told him this. So, he, he's not going to be bummed. Yeah. But, but like, where he's, like, crying, like, saying, like, you owe him an apology for your handlebars breaking. Exactly. On. And I, I But just, it was more like him just joking around being silly for YouTube, right? Yeah. And, and he and he admitted later in, on, 
I don't remember on uh, maybe the come up or something. He admitted like how he got likes when he was younger. Yeah. So he got likes or he got YouTube likes off of tagging me. He would like he would because you know I, I don't put your hashtag in. He would put hashtags and all these hashtags at the end of at the bottom of his YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. And it was he was like yeah I hashtagged a lot of Aaron a different Aaron stuff and he was like that's how it works like people would be looking for Aaron they get me and and I was kind of like well that's kind of. Whatever, you know, yeah. that's an honor. And at the same time, that's I guess I should have made a YouTube pe- cha- pan- YouTube channel a long time ago and I maybe could have capitalized on myself. But I, I didn't really care to make a YouTube channel and I didn't really want to do it. But anyways, everyone always asks me about him, about apologizing to him. And I just, I have no, I don't know. I don't have a reason to apologize to him. Yeah. Because I one think it's fake and handlebars break. And then I also think that like making a video calling out us was not the way to go about getting an apology or getting like a, a not that he didn't get a warranty but he definitely got a warranty I'm yeah. assuming or if he didn't get a warranty it's because something didn't go correctly but like they give warranties so long story short is I just I think everyone else was like oh, that's kind of whack like you're want us to give you something for free but you just bash on a pretty popular YouTube channel. Yeah. So it's like, that sucks. Like, well, I mean, it, it, and because handlebars broke, it's not like we gave you something that's impossible to break, which, you know, Odyssey stuff is very well, impossible to break. The only reason we're even talking about it is because people still bring it up and it's been like, yeah, it's been years. It's been four or five years. It's been so long. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, but no, so I see no reason to apologize. I think it's hilarious. And, you know, I, Adam Nils D seems perfectly fine. I have no hate. I just, he does his thing and everyone else does their thing. And for people who hate on people, it's like you go do your thing and let other people do theirs. Yeah. There's yeah. no, like, I don't, hey man, he, you know what? In some ways, you know, there's a lot of people that would love to make a living riding bikes and be able to do what they love every day. And there's a lot of people that, um, like someone like him who, Maybe no one liked him, no one wanted to help him, and he went and did it himself. So I think that's more power to him, you know? Like, he gets to ride bikes every day because he started his own thing, and he made it happen. There's probably a lot of people that don't agree with a lot of things that he does, but the guy gets to ride bikes every day. So yeah. That's cool, you know, I guess, like... Because there's plenty of people that don't have... Don't get support, don't get love, because they, they're this, or because they're that, because they aren't cool, or whatever it may be, but they just don't... Nothing changes. And I think you can respect it on both ends. Exactly. Like, to me, honestly, there's dudes that would never put themselves out there yeah. the way Adam does. Yeah. Because the way their perception and the way they look at BMX is, and you, people, you know, people on that one side might be like, they're so core, this is ridiculous. But that's just, it's very personable to them. BMX, a lot of those people hold very close to their heart. Yeah. I'm not saying Adam doesn't, but, you know, on the other end, that's the way he perceives it. BMX yeah. is freestyle. It well, exactly. BMX is freestyle, and like to some people or to a lot of people, BMX is a fun activity. Like you know, just go outside and have fun. And like, but at the same time, I think someone I grew up looking up to was Taj, and Taj was someone who he was like, I want to be able to have fun doing whatever I want. Yeah. Like if it's mountain biking, road biking, and he, I think at one point he said something like, I wanted to be able to, if I wanted to sell a refrigerator, I could do that. Yeah. Like I could, if I had a great idea to sell a refrigerator, I could do that. Like it was about. Not selling. It was about being creative and doing things that made you happy. And that's why I looked at, like, the orange soda bike or any bikes that were crazy or crazy ads or crazy date bike ads. All the crazy things I did, I did it because it was like, well, I, I can't. Yeah. And that's a great thing. I mean, BMX what are some of the best? You, you can – it's like, well, I can do it. So do I might as well. If I want to do it, I can do of it. Of all the things that happened when you were a kid, what are the things that stood out to you the most? 
it was two things. One was the gnarliest photo you've ever seen. Craziest photo. Oh, highest like bike riding wise, yeah. Or the guy jumping over Porsches. Like those two things stand out in your mind because they're obnoxious and they hit you. A guy grinding a rail goes away. Because how many guys can grind rails? Yeah. Obviously, I'm the gr- grinding a rail is like the time period thing. Because at the time, that might have been crazy. Oh, I mean, when I was but, up, but what I'm saying yeah. is today, if you how many guys have I seen grind a rail? Oh, so yeah. if I see another ad of a guy grinding a rail, it doesn't stick in my head. Even if, if I see dudes do mega ramp bears, doesn't exactly. Stick in their but head. if I get to watch Colt Fake do a front flip into a pond yeah, for was, the ride thing, that was insane in my head forever. Yeah, forever. He didn't pull. But he didn't pull a trick. The bet, but see, that was what is exciting. And, That's real, and it was freestyle, and he was just being him. Exactly, and, and that stands out. But also, so does whoever doing some insanely large, new, crazy trick. Yeah, those two things stand out. The middle gets forgotten, not in the video part. The video part doesn't get forgotten, but that trick in an ad gets forgotten. That's what I always took as like, well, I could do this and do another bar spin rail hop. Or let's build this crazy bike and bomb it down a hill and maybe someone will – like this stands out. Yeah. It might not be a trick but like at that point, some people already knew you're good. They don't need to see another like kind of good bar spin. Like there's two levels. Like it's like I want to put out the banger as banger, banger thing I can do and I don't – or this. And, yeah. I, and sometimes I'd be like, let's do the orange soda thing, jump over cans and like that will stick. And, it, and you know, and there's people like Odyssey would get emails and stuff and be like, that's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Yeah. And no one emailed about a rel, you know, like, didn't care. But the photos, like, those things stood out, and so they were different. Yeah. No, I mean... I mean, I'm sure you have guys that were doing stuff out of a pool that you remember, but then you have yeah, stuff... I mean, where, it, I think I'm just... My thing's, like, the generation, like, so much stuff was just brand new. Not that stuff isn't brand new nowadays, but, you know, I remember coming home and pulling Go Magazine out of the the mail and it was Matt's backflip fakey cover. Yeah. No one had ever seen that before. I literally like screamed on the porch. <laughs> then I remember getting a ride and Matt did the high air and we there's no internet, no nothing, so we argued for weeks until the next issue of Ride came out that said this is actually real to verify it because we I thought it was fake. Yeah. I thought it was like I don't there was no Photoshop. Maybe there's, but you know, I was just like, yeah. this is fake, you know. And I mean, those are things that stood out to me. I mean, people grinding handrails back when I was younger was a big deal. I mean, I know when I learned handrail in like '94, '95, like I thought I was like, you know, I thought I made it. I was like, yeah. I'm like, that's what pros do. Yeah. I'm, I just grinded a handrail. Like, what was the last time you grinded a handrail? Uh, right, probably. Downstairs, probably be two years ago, like right before I broke my leg and ankle. Okay. I think I, I still got I still could do it. I, I just can't really run anymore. anymore. So I'd be scared to run out of it. I'm not scared to like jump on it, but like a long one, I might be scared to, you know, just do the, the run. Like that something might buckle. So the other question, what is your favorite early 2000s video part? Ooh, there's so many. Favorite early 2000s. I mean, let's just default any Van Homan one. Yeah. Because. Criminal Mischief was the. Y- yeah. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I could be a little biased. Lou Rasich from Blueprint, the video the video yeah. I made. He was just, he was incredible, you know. Um, 
it, when we were all, you know, when I was filming that, he was just one of the homies, so you didn't really realize how good he was. How good he was. And there's so much stuff I saw him try that we didn't put in the video that I'd like to dig up one day. <laughs> but looking back, you know, him trying like hard 270 backward rails, trying backward roller coasters, you know, manual to crook, manual to ice both ways. And we filmed for that video for three and a half years, so a lot of that was done in the late 90s, not. You know, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it, just lose that that part. Just yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It just and then he just disappeared. And he was like one of our best friends and just disappeared after that. Um, he's a paralegal in Houston now. Really? I'll we'll Google his name. Wait till he's <laughs> he's just gone. He's a par- me. And Do Ch- you still friends with him? We me and, last time I saw him, me and Chester. This is probably right around 2004. We're riding downtown, and Lou kind of got into like male modeling. And then he was like, We saw him, he was wearing a suit, a pinstripe suit, smoking a cigar. Kind of, I think, was getting a little crazy there for a minute. Um, smoking a cigar, and we talked to him for a few minutes, and he was going to take piano lessons. And then we haven't seen him since. Um, his parents were really strict. His dad was a professional baseball player. Hmm. Uh, and he grew up in Japan because after his dad played here, he played in Japan. Mm-hmm. And his dad was a scout, I think, for the Reds okay. when he lived in Portland. So he, Lou was actually getting scouted for baseball when he was a freshman in high school. Was he real good? I guess he was like amazing. But then he got into BMX and was amazing at that. Did that, and then we broke his wrist on that roof gap. He rode for about another year after he came back from that and was done. So, so you haven't talked to him? No. Me and Chester talked about showing up at the, the place he's the law firm he works and just be like, yo, what up? I, I think he'd probably just be really weirded out when we were there. It just feels like that, you know? Yeah, he's just over it. Those days are gone. Yeah, it's like, the, he's like bald now and like, he's like your age, but he looks older than me. Yeah. You know, to where, so you know, some people just click it yeah, into yeah. that mode. He lost BMX, so he lost the fountain of youth. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, you just dive into that stuff head first, you know, it gets tough. Like, Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. But, I, I would say, I would say lose part. Or another one I feel like is really overlooked and kind of not, but Josh Hino's nowhere fast part. Yeah. Like, you know, a lot of people talk about, like, you know, Dave Young's part, which is amazing. Yeah. But Hino's part, the reasons I like it, I like, there's two parts that are two of my favorite parts, Josh Hino and Stuart King, and I think an old Allied or a Poor Boy video. And their parts are pretty much street and vert. And I, I always think it's a cool... Mix, yeah. Cool mix when it's like vert writing and good street writing. I mean, Stuart King's awesome. Josh Hino's awesome. Yeah. You're, tra- you're turning this interview around. No, I'm, I'm good. I'm glad. <laughs> I wanted to know. But yeah, I think th- But I think that Josh Hino part, yeah. I seen El Toro back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, crazy. The oversight with the drop. Yeah. Um, he did some crazy. He rode down the side of that building. I mean, yeah. I mean, that was after that. But, that, but you know, he just did, he, yeah. he in general did so and much. And he was so stuff. good at, you know. Yeah. I love vert riding, yeah. so just him having vert riding in that part. Yeah. Well, I, you know, and both of them have lip tricks in their vert part, their vert stuff too, which I think is kind of lost with mm-hmm. lip tricks on vert ramps. So. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I feel like we're kind of wrapping things up. Do you yeah. anybody you want to thank or anything? Um, I'm think Shad. Ooh, think uh, Snakebite Dig. Yeah. Covered it. Empire for letting us do the interview here. I don't know, all my sponsors, everyone that's ever helped me, you know, um, thank everybody that's ever let me 
uh, like one of the one of the questions was more of a comment or statement. It was just like, did you ever think that you would get to where you were by putting your feet on pedals? And no, I would never have guessed. You know, yeah. I would never. And then even then, if you would ask me four, you know, six years ago, if I would be today, and no, I would never have guessed. You know? So yeah. if I ever would have thought that I would have traveled the world and ridden bikes and like shown up in Thailand or Thai or where'd we go a Vietnam and there'd be a kid that knew who I was no you know, yeah that's crazy you know it's pretty crazy and to be even crazier like that kid yelled from across the street like he had no idea he, he wasn't on a BMX bike it's, it was a BMXer he wasn't we weren't at a demo when you go to those small countries where BMX is still new yeah it's awesome to it's, see it's insane the, the kids that are so passionate about yeah. it like it's it's awesome and I think that stuff. I mean, no, you would. I mean, you never. You would never guess. Like you have. I mean, you have no idea. You know? Do I? Yeah. Did I? Would I have ever thought that there would have been? I would have had an action figure in a Toys R Us or a Target. No. Like you know, there's just no. So I have. I, no, I have no idea. I think now I'm just like hanging on and having fun. And I think now the last few years, five years, I've had more of an appreciation for BMX. Like I enjoy going to the skate park every day because it's like. Uh, I, I mean, I'm saying I enjoy going and riding bikes every day. Not the skateboard. Just enjoy every aspect of it. I enjoy going on the trips. Not that I never did. Now I just look at it different. Before yeah. I was like, oh, sick, let's go. Let's film some stuff. Now I'm like, this is sick. Let's go film some stuff. And I just want to hang out and enjoy this because there will be a day when I do go to work every day or go and like, you know, I'm going to do something different. Yeah. Like there will be a day I do something different. Like, um, you know, obviously it'd be cool that if it, if it works out to where the restaurant's the thing because I own it. And I'll get to work, work and like for something I own, but at the same time, it's still going to be work. Like yeah. it's not going to be BMX. It's not going to be, um, I don't know. It's it, and, and hopefully it does great, but it still will never be road trips with your five, ten, five or ten best yeah. friends across the country. It'll be work. You know, yeah. it'll be different. So I, uh, so I appreciate all of it, and I think the last five years it's been great. And I think also since the restaurants become a thing. I don't want to say I appreciate it more. I just see it the same way I saw it when I was in high school. Yeah. Because I'm like, this is sick. I'm done. Let's go. Like, let's go ride. You know? Like, and it's different. And uh, it's really cool. I don't know. It's just different. And, uh, you know, just kind of go in a big circle. But then I say all the time, like, oh, I don't know, two or three more years. Another year or two. Two more years. I have no idea. I mean, I'll ride bikes for a long time. I don't know how long that, like, someone will let me, like, do it as a job. Um, obviously it makes it tough with the industries all over the place. So it's tough to be like, you know, there's so many young kids that deserve that opportunity. Yeah. And I, um, I, someone, someone gave me the opportunity and, you know, I don't want to be the person that stood in their way when someone deserves it. But I do think that there's a lot of older guys that deserve to hang around for a while. And like, if they're still riding and they're still doing stuff. So who knows? We'll see. Yeah. BMX is only getting older. So we're going to have dudes. I mean, McCoy turns 50. Dude. What's or he turned 50? Or he did. He's not 50 yet. Because he was like 40... No, he turns 50 this year. Dig just did that thing on him. Did they? He may have just turned 50, so... So he's going to do 900 at 50 years old. He probably can, yes. That's crazy. Yeah, wow. So, I thought, man, that's crazy. Time flies. Um, Time flies because I thought it was like a year ago. He was like 47 or something. Wilkerson just turned 50, and he he did like a 20-foot air on the mega ramp. Yeah, so I don't know. I'll I'll see. I'll grind the rail in a couple years. All right. Cool. Thanks, guys. Of course. Thank you.
Thank you for listening, everyone. Um, I've been posting up all the parts from the video blueprint I made back in 2001. So if you guys were into that video or if you're kind of into old school or mid school stuff, um, head over to Snake Bite BMX's uh, YouTube channel. Give it a follow. Check it out. About halfway done. I'm posting up all the parts over there. So, um, yeah, go check those out. And should also hit up digbmx.com. They posted up a great article. It's actually a few articles um, from the last days of the T1 ramp. Uh, there's some awesome interviews there with some of the locals and some super awesome photography. So head over to digbmx.com. Check that out. And until next time, thanks, guys.